Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. We're coming to you live from our studio here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childress. A loaded show here for you on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We have on the program today Justin Hokinson of On3 Sports. We'll be part of the fun at 3.30. We've got birthdays and sports. Kevin Ives from Plainsman Parking Lot will be chatting with us at 4.15 today. We're starting our one millionth year in a row of talking with the Ives on Mondays during the Auburn baseball season, so that'll be awesome. Best and worst of the weekend coming up and a nightly TV guide at the very end of the program. So several things to get into during today's show as the Auburn Tigers won the SEC outright championship on Saturday in men's basketball. They are the number one seed going into the SEC tournament. They will play Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time from Tampa, Florida as they try to win an SEC tournament championship in addition to their SEC regular season title. Auburn baseball swept Rhode Island over the weekend. Auburn softball went 5-0 and in the invite, uh, the uh, excuse me, in the Jane B. Moore Memorial Tournament that took place. Tigers now getting set to open up SEC play this upcoming weekend. And Auburn Gymnastics set a program record score on Friday, tied with Florida, and uh, fell just short of winning an SEC championship this past weekend. So, so many things for us to discuss here on the program today. Mr. Brooks Childress, how are you? I'm doing phenomenal. It was a great weekend in uh, Auburn sports, a great weekend in sports in general, but uh, like I said, great weekend in Auburn athletics. A uh, lot, a lot of wins this weekend, I believe. Also, you know, you, you mentioned gymnastics on Friday night, tying Florida and uh, setting a new program record at home. I believe they also set a new program road record yesterday at the Elevate the Stage uh, quad meet up in Huntsville when they took on Georgia, Alabama, and Arkansas. And so a big, big weekend for uh, the Auburn gymnastics team. I was there, uh, me and my fiance Grace were there Friday night to witness the Florida the Florida meet. Uh, big, big, uh, big meet. And then Saturday, Auburn men's basketball claimed the first title in the Neville Arena history uh, on Saturday as they beat South Carolina, claimed the SEC regular season outright. Uh, they were not su- uh, sharing anything uh, this year as they chanted in some form or fashion at, at midcourt uh, while they were celebrating. Uh, but yeah, and so can't wait to be discovering the confetti in Neville Arena for probably three or four years until you know there's another championship hopefully it's not that long before another championship but uh, that's always been the running joke is there's still been confetti falling throughout the last few years since the last uh, regular season championship was crowned inside Auburn Arena 
but yeah, big, big uh, win. Great to get that number one seed. The only problem is you played the early game on Friday, uh, 11 a.m., so you got a you got an early start. But you do get two, two, two round buys, so you don't have to play Wednesday, you don't have to play Thursday, you just have to play a team that's probably already played twice already. And so you get to rest up in Tampa, you get to just practice a little bit and get familiar with that arena before you hit the, hit the court Friday. And then, of course, like you said, softball, Matty Pinta had a phenomenal weekend, won, a, I believe, pitcher of the week from the SEC, player of the week yes. from the SEC. Uh, earlier today, had a phenomenal weekend. Uh, Auburn softball sweeping the Jane B. Moore Memorial, and then Auburn baseball got to head out to Plainsman Park for the first time yesterday. Beautiful day, uh, and obviously uh, a big win for the Auburn Tigers sweeping Rhode Island uh, on the weekend. Four games, I say four games. It was three full games, and then a seventh inning, a seven inning game on Saturday, but. Big, big weekend, and then they get set for a trip to Huntsville on a Tuesday, tomorrow night, to take on ten- Tennessee Tech. So, big weekend for Auburn. I can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to talk about it for the uh, – can't wait to talk to our callers. 887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 If you would like to be a part of the show, you can join us via the Auburn Bank phone line. Brant Daughtry, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, glad to be here. And uh, like Brooks touched on, a, a, a big, big weekend – uh, for Auburn sports since the last time we were together. Won a regular season SEC championship and in basketball, and you're getting ready for uh, for tournament time. And this is where hopefully it all comes together, and we'll see. And, and unfortunately, you don't have the best draw ever. You uh, have to face the winner of Florida and Texas A&M, which is less about a bad draw and more about how freaking good the SEC is this year, um, which, in my opinion, makes it even more impressive that Auburn won the whole thing. So really, really good regular season from the Tigers. You're hanging a banner, and uh, hopefully you can hang a couple more before the season is over. So, But, yeah, uh, a great week, great week for softball going 5-0 and in three days, which is an accomplishment. I don't care what your competition is. Uh, baseball looked really good against Rhode Island. The bats have really come alive. I was able to board up the game Sunday and uh, it had a lot of fun w- listening to uh, Andy Burcham be back in the baseball booth. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, g- gymnastics posting the fourth highest score in NCAA gymnastics history and tying. That's a little bit weird. But uh, anyway, they'll. Uh, I should have won. Well, I, I didn't watch. I'll, I'll fully admit to that. I did not watch. But uh, from from the reactions I saw on social media, it's very much felt like all the Auburn people felt like Auburn should have won, which makes sense. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure. So we'll we'll see how it works out going forward. And I believe Auburn – well, I'm not sure. But I'll, I'll let someone who's more knowledgeable speak on that before I get into it. But, yeah, doing great. Happy to be here. Let's talk about sports. Let's do it. Tom Peavy, how are you? Man, I'm great. Everybody has already touched on the Auburn stuff, so I have nothing to add there. But uh, a big sporting event – I say sporting. Bill Bailey would sneer at me for saying a sporting event. But a huge sporting event took place over the weekend. Uh, the Bassmaster Classic. Sure. Mm. The Bassmaster Classic is the the creme de la creme of bass fishing. It is it is the tournament that every bass angler strives to just get to. Right, and winning it is a big deal. It it is the biggest trophy in all of bass fishing. That event happened this weekend. Uh, Jason Christie won that one, but uh, big shout out Kyle Welcher from Opelika, Alabama, finished second. But listen to this. So, Jason Christie wins it 
with 54 pounds. This is this is over the three uh-huh. days total weight. 50, 54 pounds. Kyle Welcher had 53 pounds and 11 ounces. That's how close it was. <laughs> and it's the difference. Jason Christie won $300,000. Kyle Welcher walked away with 50000 So literally a few ounces separated 50000 and $300,000 at the Classic. That's wild. But that's, yeah, Opelika's Kyle Welcher there. And then um, Auburn, Alabama's own Steve Kennedy, uh, a guy who has been oh so close to winning one of these classics in all of his times fishing he finished in 15th um but he was right up there really competing the entire way with that so uh yeah bassmaster classic man i i have i've had my phone i've had my face buried in my phone over the last couple of days watching the bassmaster classic and then today the major league fishing uh stage three wrapped up out at uh up at uh smith lake here in alabama won by uh dust dustin connell just literally as i was pulling in the parking lot dustin connell won he's from clanton alabama okay and finishing in second was jordan lee who was famous for being on the auburn university bass fishing team and won back-to-back Bassmaster classics when he was fishing on the bass side. So full world circle there. I like that. Let, I like that. Let me ask a question. Okay. Because I've, I've, I've participated in bass fishing, and but I don't sit there and I don't watch it as, as religiously as you do, Tom. Right. Can they keep the fish or do they no. have to throw it back? It's, uh, it's, it's catch and release. Okay. Um, and and here's, here's the... There's a term for it, Brooks. Catch, catch and, and release. release. Catch and release. Yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't keep the bass. Ah. E- even if it's a trophy, you still have to put it back. Now, the difference between the two uh, series, so like the Bassmaster Classic is part of BASS, which is it's the Bass Anglers uh, Sportsman Society, I think is how, what it is, started. I, I mentioned all these guys from Auburn started by an Auburn alumni, uh, Ray Scott, he is the godfather of bass fishing and graduated from Auburn. But um, in that one, on each day, you keep your five best fish and you put them in a bag. You Well, you have them in your live well and you put them in a bag and they weigh them mm-hmm. in a bit on a stage, big stage. And then they all take them. You, you put them in a big tank and they take them and drop them back off in the lake. OK, so that's on that one on the Major League Fishing Series. One thing that they like better about that is you catch a fish, there's an official, and he weighs it on the boat, and you put it right back in the water. That way you're not taking the fish out of the environment that it was caught out of. You catch it, release it right back where it came from. Uh, so that's some differences there, but there's, there's no keeping the bass. Okay. Um, in Bass Master, you keep them up until you weigh them in, and then they're released back into the water. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 if you would like to call in to be a part of the program. Brooks, here is why phone calls are so important today. We're not going to be on the air tomorrow. That's right. If everything moves forward smoothly. We're going to have Smith Station Baseball coming up tomorrow here on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. So we will not be able to take your phone calls. I say this still with air quotes because there is a possibility that we're going to get some weather coming through here in the state of Alabama and here particularly in Auburn and Opelika. And if that were to happen, the game would obviously be called off and we would give you Auburn's first at Auburn's favorite sports talk show. But we are assuming we want it 
to be the case that we're out at the ballpark. Nothing against the calls and the show that we do here, but we're excited to support some Smith Station baseball coming up tomorrow. So we hope that we're able to get that game in. And then also, you know, you never know. It's it's high school baseball, so you never know. It, the rain that passed through here about you know an hour or so ago could have already done the field in. So we have we have no yeah. idea what could happen. Uh, but yeah, hopefully it's going to be. Uh, hopefully the rain holds off tomorrow. And we're able to get a Smith Station baseball game because I think it's going to be the first game that we air for Smith Station baseball right. this season. We uh, tackled a softball game right. late last week. Uh, but, yeah, first game for Smith Station baseball uh, on our airwaves tomorrow. Hopefully, hoping for some big, big things from from the Panthers this season. And, yeah, not, like you said, no offense to the callers because we love listening to, uh, listening to you all and talking to everybody. But... Smith Station Baseball, it's, it's going to be a fun season. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 889 We're talking about all things in the world of sports, including the fishing that took place uh, over the weekend. I'm curious if any of our callers have some insight or what they thought of the fishing tournaments. We go to the phone lines now. James from Montgomery. James has called into the program to join our conversation. Hi, James. We hope that you had a good weekend and have enjoyed listening to our conversation. How are you? I'm good and War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, because I know y'all were talking about the bass uh, fishing tournament, and yes, I did actually saw that uh, this past weekend, and it was a really amazing event, and it was my first time ever watching it on uh, Fox Sports 1, and I mean, I had like I had it like glued in. Like, <laughs> I had that channel like locked in. Have you ever gone fishing before, James? No, I haven't. What do you think would be your favorite part about fishing if you went? Um, just to be out in a nice, cool air, just to, you know, just just to be out there, just to, you know, let let things just uh let like to clear my mind, actually. It's probably a good reason. And you know, it's great cuz it like we said it was catch and release. So they're not keeping the fish. They're just catching them. They're totaling them up. And then they uh, they toss those fish right back into the water, right? Yes, they actually do, actually. Because um, years ago, well, actually months ago, I was actually in Montgomery um, many, many, many months ago when they did the uh, Bassmasters Tournament in Montgomery, Alabama, on the Alabama River. And it was, really, it was a really, really fun event that they've actually done. For the for the uh, state of Alabama to actually host one in Montgomery as well. Yeah, they've they've hosted on the Montgomery River. Uh, Major League Fishing today was on Smith Lake up in Coleman, and uh, of course they're in Gunnersville a lot. And uh, they've even done the big time tournaments over up on, on Lake Martin. So Alabama is a big time bass fishing place. Haven't they done something on Lake Eufaula too? And Eufaula, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's really amazing to see a lot of great uh, guys that, you know, catch fish and release them out there. And it's a really fun event. I think they should keep it going as well. Oh, yeah, it's it's not going anywhere. But, see, Auburn University has one of the best bass fishing teams in the entire country. They they are legendary uh, bass fishing club team here at Auburn University. So uh, big-time stuff with Auburn. Yes, as well. And then uh, after the uh, Bass Masters tournament was over, I actually watched the PV uh, the bowling tournament that was uh, that next week. Uh, what 
uh, Sunday night, I was watching the uh, bowling tournament as well, which I love to watch that every uh, weekend as well. How did that go? Oh, that was amazing. That was really, really interesting as well because uh, for me, I love bowling. It's one of my favorite sports I love to actually try out. Have you been bowling before? Um, Actually, I have. I was actually up in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I went up there to a bowling center up there in Tuscaloosa, and I had a lot of fun with my family as well. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. What else is on your mind, James? Well, I just want to congratulate Bruce Pearl and a big congratulations to the Auburn men's basketball team on Saturday night to actually beat the South Carolina Gamecocks for the first time since 1999. That was a really good game as well. Yes, a big-time victory for them. They are SEC champions. Yeah, so they edged their name in the championship books with so many other uh, great uh, universities, actually with Duke and uh, Florida, Tennessee, uh, South Carolina, uh, and many other uh, championship uh, college teams that actually edged their name into the uh, college uh, tournament champion books. book of history as well yeah duke's never won an sec championship before they, they play I mean, in the acc but uh duke's won yeah. some national championships and that's going to be the next wall for auburn to knock down to see if auburn can win a national championship yeah so i'm i'm hoping that we'll win uh this coming up thursday and um i'm just trying to see who we're going to play for the uh for the championship uh game that's going to be coming on on uh, Wednesday as well, and uh, seeing who Auburn is going to play uh, that that tournament when it comes yeah. out. Yeah, let's uh, let's correct a couple of things there. Auburn's going to play on Friday, and oh, then okay. they would play in the SEC championship on Sunday. But they have to win Friday, and they have to win Saturday, or else they don't get to play in the SEC championship on Sunday. Okay, so I'm just probably right now I'm looking at um, for. You know, for Friday between Auburn, I'm looking at Gonzaga or um, South, uh, not South Carolina, uh, either Gonzaga, Alcorn State, or Duke. One of those three teams would play Auburn as well. Okay, buddy, this is the SEC championship. That's the, You're thinking about the NCAA tournament, so Auburn can only play an SEC team on Friday. They are going to play the winner of Florida and Texas A&M. So on Thursday, Florida will play Texas A&M, and whoever wins that game, the Gators or the Aggies, they will then get the chance to play Auburn on Friday. But Auburn will not play Alcorn State, Gonzaga, or Duke on Friday. Okay, so that was the the ACC uh, tournament that I was uh, referring to. No, you were referring to the NCAA tournament. Oh, I mean the yeah. the big tournament, the yeah. March Madness. Correct, tournament. correct. Sorry. So, do you think Auburn will play Florida or Texas A and M in the SEC tournament? Um, it's a huge toss up between Florida or Texas A and M. I probably see Auburn play against Florida again. Okay, all right, yeah, and they get a chance to uh, avenge that loss. That would be great. Yeah, because I do have Florida favored uh, to win, so if they beat Texas A&M, 
they will actually play Auburn on Friday, either Thursday or Friday. Friday, it's, correct. It's, if Florida it's, beats Texas A&M on Thursday, they would play on Friday. Yes. And then, and then uh, on Sunday, they would play the mm-hmm. SEC championship. And then on Sunday night, that's when all the big brackets come out. Oh, okay, so that's the one that I'll be waiting for. Correct. For that's real the, March Madness. That's the real NCAA tournament. That's where yeah. Auburn could play Alcorn State, Gonzaga, or Duke at some point. Yes, as well, because I've... I'm actually looking at like some of these teams right now that are going to be playing in this small tournament before they get into like the big dance as well. So I'm pretty sure if uh, Florida or Texas A&M wins, probably Florida might win it, and and see if they're going to like you know if they're going to keep their winning streak alive. But I think we'll we'll just have to you know knock Florida off. Uh, once again as well. That's right. They beat us in Gainesville, but we would play them in Tampa, Florida. That's where the tournament is going to be played is in Tampa. So we'll see if uh, if Auburn can get it done. Tell me something else. What else is on your mind? Well, uh, yesterday I was looking at the NFL scouting combine and all the guys did really good. Um, you know, I've seen uh, two or three players from Auburn. They really did good. I've seen two or three players from Alabama a couple of players from Alabama State and um, Jacksonville State. And uh, I saw uh, Malik Willis from the University of Liberty. He actually did a really good job with the uh, quarterback's position as well. So I'll probably see in the, in, in the end of April, I'll probably see Malik Willis, our former Auburn quarterback, go number one to the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. The Steelers don't have the first pick in this year's draft, so he wouldn't be the number one overall pick, but he could be a first-round pick to the Steelers if you thought that would happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the first-round pick as well to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But um, I'm just trying to see who they're going to actually – what draft boards would have um, Malik Willis on their their, uh, radar as well. Pretty much all of them, I would imagine. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure it might be like a few teams out there that might want to pick him up actually as yeah. well. Remember the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick. They've got the first pick in the NFL draft. Yes, that is that is actually uh, they're going to start off with the uh, first uh, pick of the uh, 2022 NFL draft. So I'm just probably seeing if uh, if the Jaguars do need help with. Uh, with their quarterback as well and putting Malik Willis in in that quarterback's position as well. Instead of Trevor Lawrence? No, no, they can keep Trevor Lawrence just to give him uh, an edge on Malik Willis, you know. Just okay. to, they might you know, want to get an offensive lineman to protect Trevor Lawrence. Yes, as well. So I think it will be um, probably like a trade up or a trade yeah. down from other from other teams as well. We just saw some news about Montgomery. Do you want to hear the headline, James? Uh, sure, sure. It says 10 people were rescued after getting stuck on the Montgomery Zoo Skylift from AL.com. Oh. Yeah, so I'm glad that they were rescued. But you've got the sky lift that kind of goes through the zoo and it got stuck and all those people were rescued. Awesome yeah. story. Glad that they yeah. were safe. Yeah, very, very awesome story as well. And, uh, you know, that was a really, 
really good thing that uh, we actually have those guys out there in uh, Montgomery on the Montgomery firefighters uh, team to actually come out there and well to go out there and actually uh, rescue those people. Actually yeah. For have you been to the zoo well. before, the Montgomery Zoo before? Um, I actually been when I was like a little kid, so I haven't been uh, recently since. Yeah. Um, I love the zoo. I think it's so fun. Pandemic. Yeah. And then on Sunday, I was watching NASCAR from Las Vegas. Yeah. Alex Bowman yeah. won the race. Yeah, I was I was very very um, very disappointed on uh, on my uh, fantasy in uh, NASCAR. I was very disappointed and and um, very very heated on that one as well. Did you pick Bubba Wallace to win? Uh, no, I didn't have him in my uh, fantasy lineup this time, but I'll put him in. Who did you have um, in your lineup then? Who were you mad at? Um, I was actually mad at uh, Chase Elliott. He was he was actually going to be like, you know, he was going to win his uh, third uh, NASCAR race and he just gave it all he just gave it up right there and right then and there and, and it's just hard for me to yeah. actually do he that. He finished ninth. He finished ninth. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well we've uh we've got to uh we've got to get to our first commercial break, but we appreciate the phone call today, James. All right, sounds good and War Eagle. War Eagle, our buddy James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take a commercial break. And then when we come back, Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live on 3 joins us here on the program. Right after this, you are listening to Sports Gone. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show on the air for 26 years and counting. Show started by Andy Birchman, Bill Cameron, and still going all these years later. The Abbey Award-winning sports talk show here in the state of Alabama. Excited to talk about the weekend that was in Auburn Athletics. We've had some good phone calls from the listeners so far today, and we want to keep the good vibes going, bringing on our next guest. J.J. Jackson here with you in studio, alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress, full crew from our South College Street studios. We go to the phone lines now. Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live on 3 Sports joins us here on the program. And, Hoke, we certainly do appreciate the time. How was your weekend, my friend? It was good. Good weekend, man. Appreciate you having me on. No doubt about that. We uh, we got to see the Auburn Tigers cut down the nets, celebrate an outright SEC title. Kind of wild to think uh, about kind of the preseason expectations for this team. And as so many people have pointed out with the winning streak that they had to open up league play, a wire-to-wire SEC title run. What is the most impressive part to you from the, the season so far from Auburn? 
Yeah, I mean, it's probably it's probably what you said. I mean, going wire to wire. Um, I mean, the SEC is really good. Um, you know, they're the second best league in this year uh, by the analytics behind the Big 12. But obviously, you could make an argument that they're the best. They won the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Um, and so, I mean, it's as good as the league's been. So to go wire to wire uh, is incredibly impressive. I mean, Kentucky's loaded with talent, and Tennessee's really good. Arkansas, I mean, there's just a lot of good teams, top to bottom, that you could you could say are every bit as good as Auburn, if not better, top to bottom. But um, to go wire to wire in this league is is really impressive. Um, and then I think when you factor in what what this team is compared to what it was, you know, last year, you're talking about four new starters. Um, and you bring in four transfers and a, and, a, and a freshman, Jabari Smith. And so you're talking about five, basically five of the top six or seven players are brand new players, first-year players at Auburn. Um, and you win an SEC championship with them. It's pretty impressive um, to take, you know, four guys from different backgrounds, different colleges, bring them in, insert Jabari in there, and then um, and then have, have the rest of your guys, whether it's Alan Flanagan or Jalen Williams or Dylan Cardwell or Devin Cambridge – they all know their role and, and they're fine with it. Um, Chris Moore, um, that, that, that's a big part of it too. I mean, any of those guys could have said, "Well, I don't, I don't want to be number eight off the bench. I want to go play." Any of those guys could have left and, and maybe gone somewhere and tried to play more, but they didn't. And so, I think I think Bruce Pearl deserves a lot of credit for a lot of different things and getting this team to to you know to a regular season championship. Tell me a little bit more about this Auburn basketball team. Again, getting set to open up the SEC tournament this week. Auburn will play uh, in the quarterfinals on Friday as the number one seed in all of this. And anytime you look at a championship run, oftentimes you paint the picture, the narrative going through a story or a season. What is the adversity a team can overcome? Just a year ago, this Auburn basketball team is having to fight through the Sharif Cooper eligibility and COVID-19 and games being postponed and that sort of thing. Is there anything? What was kind of the biggest hurdle or obstacle that the Sauburn team overcame this season that stood out to you? Or maybe there wasn't anything. Well, I mean, I think for the way they were built, um, you know, I think for, for a lot of the year they shot the three ball okay, and then they went probably about halfway through the conference season. You know, that fell off the cliff kind of there for about six or seven games. So, you know, I think to overcome that um, and still win the league. And, I mean, at one point they went through a six or, game, six or seven game stretch where they're shooting in the 20% range from from three um i think i think to overcome that and look as good as wendell is um and as good as kd is and what they do ends up those are three small guards and it's not always easy to win in the sec when you have smaller guards and arkansas has got big guards obviously kentucky um and it can it can cause some challenges and i think it did for auburn at times this year with with kd and wendell especially on that on the offensive end i think there's times where the fact that they were smaller affected them um, but to overcome that and still and still create a lot of plays which those guys did um, was was impressive for, for the most part the, the way they operated offensively and finding ways to score so I mean I think just overcoming I think overcoming some of the flaws that they do have I mean they absolutely have got have got some flaws and those kind of those two kind of stand out but they just they do a good job of, of finding other ways to score whether it's transition they play fantastic defense that leads to a lot of opportunities and so they just play around those flaws. That's Bruce Pearl's teams have always done that, especially at Auburn. They've they've had flaws every year, some that really stand out, but they just find ways to play around those flaws because he gives the he gives the players enough confidence to to go play. And so if there's mistakes made, there, there's confidence there to make up for them, you know. Um, and so I, when you when really when you take this season into account, you look at three three losses in conference, and look at how close those games were. I mean, 
Auburn didn't even play all that well at Florida, at Arkansas, or at Tennessee. And um, and yet, I mean, we're talking about a one-point loss, a five-point loss, and a loss in overtime. Um, I mean, it's you know, I mean, Tennessee went to Arkansas, lost by ten. You know, Kentucky goes to Arkansas, I think loses by you know six or seven, whatever it is. So. I think just even the close losses in some of those tough environments is is impressive. I mean, Auburn didn't have a game. You look, UConn was double overtime. Auburn did not end a game getting beat by ten plus. There's not one game where they stepped out there and got, you know, blasted or was clearly the worst team. Not one, not one. They just didn't make some plays in some of those games at the end and lost. But every single time they went out there, they absolutely had a chance to win with a couple minutes left in the game. Uh, looking at this team, uh, at the beginning of the year, I, I think everybody had some high expectations for Jabari Smith, just the high ranking coming in. But Walker Kessler really stepped up from the get-go and just never really slowed down, except for, I guess, maybe a, one or two games in a game where his shoulder looked like he was hurt. But is he going to be the defensive player of the year for, for obviously, I think, for SEC, but is he going to be the national defensive player of the year? And also, just how special is Walker Kessler and what he provides to this team? Yeah, he's phenomenal. I mean, when you look at what Auburn does defensively and some of the some of the numbers that they've put up defensively as a team, obviously the block shots lead the country in blocks, but you look at two point field goal percentage defense, they're top five in the country. Um and, and so that's that's mainly because of Walker. Um and you look at the way they're able to play. I mean, I think they're one of the they're the only team in the country and one of the only teams in the country in the last ten plus years to have eight blocks a game, eight steals a game and hold a team under 40% field goal percentage. A lot of that's Walker. He not only affects things at the rim, but he also changes and allows up Jasper and KD Johnson and those guys to play really aggressive on the perimeter um, because they know they've got somebody there. If, if somebody gets by them, they know that they've got somebody there that can, um, you know, cause if, if a guard gets by them and drives, they're going to sink twice. So uh, he just affects so much. And, and you look at the defense this team plays, and a lot of it starts with Walker. If he's not there, it not only changes your, your your defense at the rim, but it could potentially change how you guard on the perimeter. So he's just so consistent. I mean, he's seven one. So every time he goes out, he's you know he's going to be a factor of block shots. He's going to be a factor of rebounds. He's going to be a factor of cleaning up shots and getting easy buckets. Um, and so that just allows him to be consistent. Really, the only games where he wasn't was a couple games in foul trouble. Um, you know, and then maybe a couple games where just things didn't necessarily go his way. But I mean, for the most part, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. And then every now and then. Um, you know he has two triple doubles, and he comes along with. If teams really just decide to start challenging him, he's gonna he's gonna eat it up. And so um, he's just so consistent. He's he's absolutely the middle and the heart, I think, of of that defense and what allows them to be to be so good. Justin, a, a lot has been made of the play of Alan Flanagan this season. Obviously, he has not been one hundred percent himself. Uh, do you think that he has a chance to kind of come on hot during the tournament time, or do you think that he's going to take another offseason and get back to himself, or, or is he ever going to be the Alan Flanagan that we saw that he could be last season? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I think that with I think with the current makeup of this team, he, he's not going to he's never going to be what he was last year. Um, even if he was 100 percent healthy, he's not his production is going to be different with with this team. Uh, he, he's just not. He's not as good as an offensive player as some of the guys that are on the team now. So his role is just different with this team regardless of injury. Um, I'm not sure that he's poised to, to break out of any type of slump this year. I mean, he just, he just I think, has struggled offensively to sort of find where he belongs. 
um, on on this on this offense, and I, then then I think things have gotten in his head. He's probably pressured himself some, and so it's just sort of all accumulated into a tough a tough offensive side of the the ball for him, which is why you hear Bruce Pearl pushing him pushing constantly when he talks about the media. He says, "Look, he, his job is defense. He needs to worry about defense and rebounding um, because he is a good defender. He is a good athlete, and he can rebound." When he's focused and doing those things, and when he, I think right now with this team, when he's when he's struggled offensively, he's sometimes allowed that to affect his play all over, and then you get the turnovers, and and then he's had some really bad games. Um, but he does do things on the defensive end that you don't always see. That if you ask the coaches behind the scenes on you know in terms of film, he's one of the better defenders, and you don't always you don't always notice that. He didn't have to get a steal necessarily for you to see that. So. He's still an asset on that side of the floor, which is the most important side of the floor for Auburn at this point and, and how far they're going to go. Um, but it's, it's going to be tough for him, I think, to break out offensively. His focus at this point should be defense and rebounding. He should be getting every rebound he can possibly get, defense and offensive-wise, play great defense. And then if you get an opportunity on, on offense, transition or whatever, then, then take it. To, then take it. But, but, don't, but I don't think he needs to feel pressure to get the ball and, and go one-on-one and try to make things happen on offense. There's, there's too many guys that can, that can create and do things. It, it doesn't need to be him on that side of the ball. Justin, as Auburn gets ready for the SEC tournament later this week, it's no mystery that tournament is not played inside of Neville Arena. It's played in Tampa, Florida. I know this Auburn team has played there earlier this year when they took on South Florida, but what does Auburn need to do to, to move past some of the road struggles that we have saw later in the season when they go on the road here? Yeah, um, I was actually at that game, that South Florida game, and um, it's a, it's a, it'll be interesting to see if it's a different environment with maybe with more people in there. But it was just kind of a big, empty arena. It was a weird shooting environment, and so I'm, I'm not surprised that they didn't shoot well. Um, it should hopefully help them the fact that they've been in there once um, when they go back. But um, you know, I think for them, look, Auburn's a Auburn's a feel good team. I mean, that, that, that when when things are going well. Or if there's some positive momentum, they're fantastic. Um, when they're not, it can really go south. And so I think the trick for them is they're not playing on the road, but it is a neutral court. And so when you're on a neutral court, you've got to create your own energy. You're not going to have a road environment against you, you know, create an energy for the other team, but you've got to create your own energy. I do think they've got some players that can obviously do that, whether it's Wendell or KD. I mean, there's some, there's some energy on that team that I think can, can create that energy in an, on a neutral floor, but that's, that's their – that's their. Uh, I think that's kind of the trick with them. They've just got to find um, consistency away from Auburn Arena. I mean, they. I watch them play at home or Neville Arena. I watch them play at home, and there's things they do with just such confidence. Whether it's passes or transition, they just they play with so much confidence at home that it is so hard to beat them. And they've got to figure out a way to play with that same confidence on a neutral floor. They've got to take that confidence on the road and not go into a neutral court or whatever and play a little bit more um, timid because that's not their style. They can't play like that. So they got to figure out how to take that same confidence and, and whether it's passing or transition or whatever it is and take it into a neutral floor uh, and, they'll be in, and they'll be in good shape. Are there any more Nike basketballs coming the rest <laughs> of the way? <laughs> there are not. There are not. I was, I was, uh, I've watched so a lot of people – talked about that and they are different like i'm at practice a lot of times and they are different basketballs but right. um but no there's not a see uh the last one was tennessee that played with wilson at mississippi state and of course they got the road win and so that 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 helped the theory um but no the ball they play with the wilson ncaa ball that they play with here at home all season that's the ball they play with in the postseason in the sec tournament in the ncaa tournament so 
that is a funny thing that's like people joked about it, but it is kind of a, a, a an odd deal of why everybody doesn't play with the same ball um, or why teams that have Nike balls don't want to play with the ball they're going to play with in the postseason. But um, but no, no more Nike balls, nothing but uh, nothing but the Wilson NCA balls from here on out. There we go. Justin Hokinson joining us here on the program. He's on Twitter at underscore Jay Hokinson for his coverage with Auburn Live, part of the On3 Sports Network. We'll let you get out of here with this. What is the number one thing that we need to know right now about the world of Auburn football? Like, what's the one thing you're following this time of year, Justin? Um, well, right now, I would probably, I mean, it's probably recruiting, honestly, at the moment, because that was such a struggle in year one. Um, and then you toss in, um, you know, the, the, the events of February. And I, I think it's watching recruiting, watching the offers that are going out, watching the reaction from kids, see who comes and visits, um, you know, in March and April. I mean, that's kind of what I'm watching, because if they can't turn that around and do things very differently than, from what they did last year, it's going to be tough. And so I think you're seeing a lot of offers go out, which is a good thing. I think that that process was a little slow a year ago in terms of getting offers out to these kids. That sped up. And then I think just see who comes on campus, and you'll kind of start to gauge how much some of those events of February are going to play with these kids and the parents or whatever. If you still see a really nice flow of talented players coming in, then that's a great sign. That means a lot of them maybe didn't pay as close attention to some of that stuff as maybe you thought they might. They're still going to come check things out and, Obviously, Auburn's got to do it on the field, but I think that's what I'm watching is offers and who's coming in to visit these next couple of months and see if they can create some momentum and see if there's some good signs of, hey, maybe they can stay in it with some of these kids you know, more than, than, than we thought. Hang in there, get to the fall, and try to win football games. So that's kind of what I'm looking at, at least till spring ball starts, right. is, is recruiting. All right, as we, uh, as we let you go here, if someone wants to be a part of the Auburn Live community, what's the best way to do that, Justin? Yeah, that'd be awesome. AuburnLive.com. You can go sign up. I think uh, I think we're doing fifty percent off right now. But uh, awesome. Yeah, just come, come. I think I, I could be wrong. Don't. Uh, uh, they change it. They change it. But you guys have now. discounts all the time. Is is the point yeah, there? It depends on the yeah. It depends on the year. We might do one for spring ball and stuff like that. But yeah, AuburnLive.com. We have a great community of people um, that have helped us launch this thing since August, and it's been amazing. So we would appreciate anybody that wants to be a part of the community to to hop on over and. Jeffrey Lee and Cole Pinkston do an awesome job on the recruiting side, and so we'd love to have anybody. Well, we appreciate the time as always, Justin. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks for the call today. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right. Our buddy Justin Hokinson joining us right there on the Auburn Bank phone line. That guy knows Auburn athletics, Auburn football, Auburn basketball with the best of them, and really fun to hear him talk about this uh, men's basketball team as they get set to play in the SEC tournament coming up this week in Tampa. Going to be fun going to be fun. Absolutely it is. Really looking forward to it. And like you touched on, no more Nike balls the rest of the way. The official <laughs> ball of both the SEC tournament and NCAA tournament is Wilson, which is what Auburn uses uh, at its own home games. So that's, if you subscribe to such theories, there you go. He did kind of pose an interesting question. Like, obviously there are sponsorships that go into a lot of this, mm-hmm. right? For Tennessee being a Nike, 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 yeah. Nike, 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 Nike nike everything school let's use a nike basketball right but you are going to use something different if you want to try and win a championship it's interesting interesting to think about money you know that's the end all be all i guess and things like that while we're sitting here talking about the tournament you know obviously auburn fans expect that auburn's going to win this because they why would you be an auburn fan if you don't expect your team to win right but 
we're in that tournament time and crazy stuff happens and all you got to do is look at that women's tournament yep there's no way nobody ever. picked kentucky in our monthly predictions no. to oh, yeah. win the sec why, well, no, I mean, I, why would you why would i thought you? south carolina was going to run away with that yeah. thing yeah yeah i think everyone did kentucky is uber talented sure but they're uber talented they've got the number out. one pick in the wnba draft ryan howard on their team uh robin benton starts at guard who was playing for the auburn one that was kind of tough to see a former yeah. Auburn point guard that's winning an sec championship with kentucky but south carolina is just night and day better than everybody sure. else and we just didn't see that coming yeah don this is March, as John Rothstein likes that, to say. And absolutely. And, and that, 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 that girl hit one from way back. Yeah. Top of the key. Swish. Buckets. Buckets. Yeah. And knocked off South Carolina, who yeah. could very well still go in and win the national title. Just, but got completely stunned in the championship game of the we've SEC got tournament. just a few minutes left here in this first hour of the program and then again at 4 15 today kevin ives from plainsman parking lot will be back on our show we really enjoy our baseball conversations with him throughout the season and he's such a good follow on twitter at auppl again thanks to justin hokinson from auburn live on three for joining us on the program a moment ago it was this time last week that we celebrated president's day as every great american should do a week, uh, a week after the fact so that was oh, enjoyable Lord. i don't know what we'll get into on today's show but i do for a moment here because we got some time i do want to take people inside baseball for what takes place during a show i've never publicly <laughs> said this before <laughs> But this is something worth talking about because a goal of ours, we, we want to have some video feeds at some point for that, X number of days throughout a week for the show. It's going to completely change everyone's world if they ever watch us during an interview with somebody <laughs> with some of the arm dances that are going back and forth about the question sequencing and that's i mean it's it's hilarious every single time tom makes it funny for all of us because tom thinks we're being over the top with it from time to time yeah you know i point too though <laughs> i point at myself yeah. i have a question i'm, I'm like Ooh, me, it's important because we don't we you know you don't want to step yeah, you, on each other's toes you don't like, want to talk over each right, other it's a phone like call, i'm doing to you right now which you know i'm okay with that but it, but in the interview <laughs> setting where someone's being gracious with their time we want to act like we know what we're talking about and then we kind of get over the top with the finger yeah. pointing and then tom just i don't know his you've, you've got the goofy face to go along with it well, uh, not that, not that your face is goofy you make a goofy face no i have a pretty <laughs> goofy face uh, i make it goofier yeah <laughs> i was going to talk about that once we got off air but yeah. like, we, we we absolutely need a camera in here just for moments like that right because like it, we didn't say anything you couldn't hear it you were listening to you dear listener we're listening to wonderful analysis right from justin hokinson of on three auburn live Great. Spend your money on that. Right. I'm telling you, he, that's one of the, the services that's very worth spending your money on. But While he <laughs> we, was speaking. Yeah, while he was speaking, answering, I think it was Tom's question, I raised my hand to ask the, the question about Alan Flanagan. You didn't see it. So Brooks like started waving to get your attention and pointed at me, yeah. and then I raise I'm raising my hand like as high as I can, and you point at me, and we're all and then we all started pointing back also, and forth. Th- this was this and was then a I did rarity. the YMCA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Did you notice he did the YMCA I, beside you? I, I saw that. Okay. I I just started like waving my hands back and forth, and then I dabbed over here. <laughs> the rarity in the year of was our Lord, that 2022. Brent, you called the next question. Yes, but then. I after you called the next question, 
Brooks immediately called the question after oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After you hadn't asked the question yet. And I'm like, all right, now we're trying to plan this yeah. thing out it's a couple so you, of questions so in you advance. started pointing for, at me. Just and so people you, like, get the sequencing. Yeah, and I double was, pointed at me yeah. and then pointed to Brooks. <laughs> we can't step on anybody's toes, right, Brooks? Uh, listen, I'm just out here. Masters to, of communication. Trying to Masters of nonverbal communication. Yes, that's right. Go. Yep. You didn't hear. You, no one out there knew we were doing this. Yeah, that's, that's what. That's, Brent, that's, I mean, that's the big point. That's the. You didn't thing. know we were doing that, and that's yet right. it was taking place. And now, well, now they do. Now they do. We've I, told them. We have told our secrets. <laughs> trade secrets out the window. I guess we got to find more Thanks secrets lot, to, to keep and, and make sure we don't share those. This well, is the this is the content you, keep, you get from an award winning radio show. A, yeah. <laughs> you keep wanting to put a. a Cameron here all our I'm hesitant I'm nervous okay well, so here's here's I do my questionable thing right antics. I think I I think I told you or I, I think I emailed this to you the yeah. other day. I have an idea of like we could set up a camera and be very selective with what for we sure. put online for sure we could do that <laughs> way as well all right that does it for the first hour of our program on the other side of this break we're going to have kevin ives join us for tired Gordy and steve will be a part of the program and we'll see who else comes in maybe daryl has a story or two from his weekend at waffle house who knows uh, that's what you can look forward to hearing here on auburn's first at auburn's favorite sports talk show one hour in the books and we're rolling One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call gets started right now. WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. Maybe you're listening to us on the Sports Call podcast. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Always a growing platform here on Auburn's first Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Thank you. So many fine sponsors. Uh, hopefully we've got some new people set to join our family here at Tiger Communications in the world of sponsorship. If you ever want to be a part of the program, you're a business owner driving around, give us a call. Please do. Send us an email. Reach out you to our you sales don't have manager, to Wendy Drost. You don't have to wait Tiger. for us FM. to approach like, let's, let's make it happen. Let's make great things happen here on this program and here uh, with this radio station. It's so important. Make Sports Call great again. Make Sports Call great again. <laughs> yeah, sports Call is always great. What are you talking about? Come on now. Yeah, Tom. Come on now. Yeah, come on, Tom. Okay, sorry. Build it back better. <laughs> yeah. I love Sports Call. Sure, it's man. amazing. <laughs> uh, remember when I said his face was goofy earlier? That was Tom? a moment. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a moment. <laughs> that was a moment. I would, I would describe it as a moment. Uh, Auburn, they won an SEC championship 
sure on did. Saturday. They defeated South Carolina and then immediately started cutting down the nets. Cut down both of them because you got so many players and trainers and managers and coaches and you had to go to both sides of the gym for everybody to get a piece of the net. And of course, the head coach gets the uh, last majority of the net that's still hanging there. The team starts celebrating. They start uh, chanting provocatives a little bit. Uh, not, I don't think provocative. Uh, profanity. Pro- profanity. Yeah, not I was In my head, I was thinking, what's the... the, the uh, is there, Nobody the knows what going. it means. Yeah. It's provocative. Yeah. Gets the people going. No, it's going. not. Gets the people going. What is that from? It's, a good so- uh, it's from a song called Fellas in well, Paris by Kanye West. Okay. It's well, not the, fellas, but it's the, a word I can't say. The clip that you're talking about is from a movie that you've described as is that a Napoleon waste of Dynamite? a movie. No, you've described it as a waste of a movie, and that is Blades of Glory. Yes, that is a waste of the movie. Yes, yeah. a waste of a movie. May, well, yeah, it, it was Will, in that movie. Will I've Will never Ferrell. seen that movie, but I do know it's also in the song profanity uh, was what I was looking at. Anyway, regardless, uh, they're not sharing anything Gets because Auburn is the outright champions. We, we ain't sharing poop, but <laughs> not poop. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like, the team just went for it, you know? They're like, sure. hey, there might be cameras here. This might be live on TV, but... Uh, yeah, poop, well, we poop, poop. Sh- well, We ain't sharing poop. <laughs> We're not doing that. Uh, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 to be a part of the program as we go back to our Auburn Bank phone line. Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve now joins us. Hello, Steve. Afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. And in the words uh, that only the FCC will allow, we ain't sharing crap. That's right. There you go. That's right. All right. So, guys, we... Uh, we, we've got to really, really enjoy and celebrate this AC uh, championship uh, because it does mean a lot more uh, to us. And I read some stupid, asinine, obnoxious Twitter comments from Kentucky fans thinking that, you know, we are overdoing it, that we uh, need to act like we've been there before. And you know what I say to that? Screw oh, crap. Screw them. Uh, not just yeah. Kentucky, Arkansas too. Uh, Auburn, Auburn caught all sorts of hate from Arkansas and Kentucky over celebrating. It's like, man, I'm Why sorry, Arkansas? we're having fun. Jeez. Why Arkansas though? Yeah, that's it. I I didn't see anything from Arkansas. I I, did, I, I didn't I, look that hard, and like K- Kentucky was the overwhelming majority from what yeah. I saw. But K- Kentucky fans are atrocious. They are they are more spoiled than Alabama football fans. So uh, we just. I, I'll respond to them and try to make them mad, and I've actually had a lot of fun doing that today. Um, and just like, man, if we're such a, a low tier program, then why did we beat you? And and well, then we just go from there. It's so easy. I think it's funny that they are so upset by us winning the SEC championship. We must really get under their skin. Right. I, I I think it just had to do. They were. They were trying to claim that they don't celebrate with the confetti and all that, and I call crap. I, you know, let us have fun. Who cares? Listen, we earned it, okay? So, uh, moving on, guys, uh, sticking with the theme of bull crap, this to me is really bull crap and an insult. Uh, I'm sure you've seen these already, but uh, Jabari Smith is a All-American, Right. Correct. But but not a first-team All-American, a second-team All-American. And the real insult is Mr. Walker Kessler didn't even get didn't even get voted for the third-team All-American. Yeah, that one's more. You uh, tell me about that, guys? That one's what more egregious to, to me than than uh than Jabari being second-team. Walker's going to be Defensive Player of the Year. 
Um, I actually responded to that article, and one of the writers said uh, Kessler received a ton of votes. He just didn't receive enough. Um, but he didn't receive enough. He's yeah. the number one chop blocker in the nation. Yeah. I agree. Uh, he, he, he's averaging a double double. He's got more blocks than most teams. most teams. So yeah, I I agree. He should be if not first, then second. Uh, Oscar Shibway is a monster. He's a different animal. But those are the top two to me, and they're honestly well, interchangeable. Who's the most valuable player for a team? Is it Oscar Shibway or is it uh, Walker Kessler or Jabari Smith? Ah, that's tough. That is tough. Any guy who can get you 15 and 15 on average is pretty freaking valuable. Well, I don't think Shibway is the most important valuable player on their team because if he was, he he should have uh, uh, somehow managed to have beaten us and couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, right? Yeah, Auburn no. got the win that day. Okay. Uh, I hope we see him again. And, uh, guys, uh, we'll probably do more this tomorrow if you have a show on tomorrow, but if not, the next day. But uh, I want to go ahead and recommend that you completely dismiss and ignore Mr. Guru Bracketologist Joe Lenardi. Is that his name? Joe Lenardi. Yeah, I saw this. Uh, I saw his latest bracketology does not have um, does not have Auburn at the one line, which uh, is interesting. Uh, he, but the good news is that he is not the end all be all. He is mostly accurate. He is not always one hundred percent accurate. Well, I still think Auburn's on the one line right now. Is this Javon? This is Brent. Brent, Brent, not so fast, my friend, because I found a website that actually uh, has ranked and rated the credibility and reliability of these bracketologists, and I didn't know about them. You may may know it, but it's called bracketologymatrix.com. Do you know about that website? I have uh, never been there, no. Well, you should visit it. I strongly encourage everyone to visit it because they have the rankings of, for I don't know, I think they, do, they go back at least 10 or 15 years, of uh, the bracketologists and how accurate they've been in their predictions. Well, Joe Lenardi is number 55. And these are strictly based on how well do they predict the uh, the brackets and the rankings of those brackets each year. Guess, now, I'm a, I'll mention these two uh, the next day or the day after that. These are the top three guys, and you can go to their uh, their links from uh, bracket, uh, bracket, uh, bracketmatrix.com. Okay? Uh, the top three, I'll mention one of them to you, which shocked me. It's called Delphi Bracketology. Okay. And I'll let you know a little teaser here. This is made up of a group of seniors. I'm sorry, of juniors. Six juniors. Uh, basketball fans, okay, uh, at a high school uh, in a place called Delphi, Indiana, which is outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. Have you ever heard of this place, guys? Delphi, Indiana, can say that uh, I have honestly nope. never heard of that place in my life. Neither have I, but they have a population of 3,000, and the high school there has some uh, senior, uh, juniors who get together uh, since January. I was reading their, their, their story uh, with their history professor, and they do this for fun, guys, but this is how good they are. They are ranked number two no. for the past at least five or seven years in their predictability for the bracketology. Uh, for with the NCAA tournament. This is how good they are. They predicted 66 out of 68 of the brackets as the NCAA uh, had them for the past, I think, seven years. That's how good they were. And then they predicted 66 out of 68 within one ranking deviation. Very impressive. or lower. Now, guess who they have? And this is updated March 6th as their number one seeds. Who's the number one seed, guys? Gonzaga's number one in the West. 
That's okay. the pick. Baylor, number one seed in the South. Arizona, number one seed Midwest. And in the East, Auburn. Yeah, and and that's – if I were to fill out a bracket, if I were to try to attempt bracketology, those would be my top four right now. That These are these are guys that are not a company. They don't get paid for what they're doing. They just enjoy doing it. But they meet, they've meet. they been meeting every morning for breakfast at the school with their history teacher to do – well, whatever they do, whatever, how they compile these, they say they have all these uh, metrics that they use and uh, their RPI rankings and everything. And that's uh, how they come up with They've been doing it since January of every year. They get together before uh, school starts at 7.30. That's them. All right. There's another uh, bracketology that I'll real give you their name. Uh, and I never heard of these people. Uh, but they're called the Heat or HC Tournament Index. Heat check. BB.com. That's, no, that's one of the, the, the top three uh, predictors for the bracketology. And another one called uh, Crazy Sports Dude. Have you ever heard of this one? No, I, I, have, I have heard of um, I've heard of one of the three you mentioned, but I have not heard of the other two. CrazySportsDude.com. They have their bracketology uh, predictions. They're the top three guys. In fact, they're number one, according to uh, bracketologymatrix.com. Gonzaga's number one in the West. Auburn is in the East again as the number one seed. Baylor is in the South number one seed. And Arizona Midwest. So there we go with that. But guys, tell me, how how does USA, you've seen their uh, Players of the Year? No, uh, I, have not. I have not, no. Well, they picked finally right for once. Bruce Pearl is their player, their Coach of the Year. If it's if it's anybody else, then it's just not even worthy of consideration at this point. If if Bruce Pearl does not win Coach of the Year, then the award is a sham, uh, especially in the SEC. And honestly, I just won't I, I won't find it in my heart to care anymore at that point. And they also voted Jabari Smith as newcomer of the year. Yeah, freshman yeah. of the year. Yeah, and, and he's going John- to. He's won more freshman of the weeks than anybody in SEC history. He's going to win freshman of the year. Okay, so this comes from. Um, did I say USA? I think yeah. so, yeah. Last thought for us, Stephen, yeah, then we've got a guest joining us. And Kessler finally got respect. He was voted as Defensive Player of the Year. There we go. We'll and see plenty of more awards still coming out. It's still early in award season for things to be coming for the Auburn men's basketball team. But uh, we've got a guest. We'll keep you in the loop, Steve, as to whether or not we have a show tomorrow, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Okay, guys. And you know what? We still ain't wearing – we ain't sharing crap with anybody. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And now we go on a revenge tour in the tournament, and we get to play all those teams that uh, we lost to, you know, like Arkansas, right, Tennessee. Talk to you soon, Steve. Okay, guys. Thank you for your time. I know my time is way up. I get the hit. But uh, until next time, you guys have a safe afternoon. And War Damn Eagle. War Eagle, indeed. Our buddy retired War Damn Steve joining us there on the program. All right. We have a commercial break right here, a 90-second commercial break. A quick 90, and then we're back with our buddy Kevin Ives from Plainsman Parking Lot talking all things Auburn baseball right after this. Tiger 95.9. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... What? My name is... 
Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome to the program. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson, Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy here with us on the show today. Talking all things Auburn Athletics. The Tigers are SEC champions outright. It's only theirs. And as they said after the game, we ain't sharing crap, poop, so many other words uh, that we are not legally allowed to say Thanks to the SEC. So a lot of fun celebrating that, but also what was fun this weekend, Auburn baseball back on the playing diamond. They had a four-game series with Rhode Island, and uh, yeah, they won all of those games. By a what good bit. stood out? What was impressive? How was the pitching, the base running, the hit, everything? Our weekly check-ins with Kevin Ives are some of my favorites. So many Mondays throughout the baseball season. For many years now, we've enjoyed our conversations with our next guest, Kevin Ives. Follow him on Twitter at AUPPL here on the program. Kevin, long time no chat. Glad to have you back with us. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be back, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's get right to it. We've got a a fun baseball season that's already in full swing. Saw four games take place uh, over the weekend. What's the pulse right now of this Auburn baseball team? I think think they're very confident. I think it's um, a lot of confidence and just knowing that they're they're playing the game well in every facet right now. They're really clicking. You know, Butch has really talked about He's really emphasized while he's been here, you know, that next man, that mentality and kind of keeping the chain going. And you've kind of seen that from the hitting with guys um, stepping up um, and kind of linking together hits. And the pitching, it's really just been one guy after another, and it's been really, really dominant. Uh, they've not really had any bad outings, so to speak, um, for anybody. Uh, we kind of have had great starting pitching. A lot of guys are still trying to figure out some, um, some roles and stuff, um, but... You know, I think it's uh, – I'm excited. I mean, we've only got two losses so far. We've got that lost opening game uh, in Arlington against Oklahoma and then um, had to drop the final game of that Yale series and kind of an impromptu doubleheader. Um, but that's been about it, and Auburn has played really well in every facet. Uh, there's been a lot of good stuff, like you mentioned, with the with this team and uh, some big-time newcomers, but uh, one in particular, Sonny Deshara. How, how – fun is that kid to watch play baseball the transfer from Sanford I, he's extremely fun to watch I mean you can tell if you go to one of the games he's got the best walk up song oh absolutely um, probably if anybody in the team the whole crowd kind of gets into it he just he is super athletic um, and he's just his personality is very infectious Butch has actually talked about that about how like sort of infectious and positive his personality can be and he's really anchored that um, third and fourth spot in the lineup um, by just producing consistently, whether it's through his power or through getting just just getting on base through walks, um, I think he's batting either if at, if not at 500, he's close to 500. Um, you know, he's kind of he's been definitely a uh, a bright shining star this season, and, and um, he's honestly his legend's going to keep growing as the weather you know stays warm and heats <laughs> up, and he gets to, to get more at bats um, as an Auburn Tiger. So, and then you mentioned you know it's you know half the team basically 
kind of had to get replaced. We've got a lot of newcomers, a lot of guys that are playing for the first time, a lot of transfers, um, and everybody's kind of found a role. And it's and it's really good to see. You kind of wondered going into the season what that was going to be like, like how soon would these guys kind of gel together. Um, and so far, everything's kind of been clicking in the right direction. Yeah. And, and sticking with Deshara, you know, for any of our fans out there that have not had a chance to watch this team – he he has a he has a very specific look about him, I guess you could say, uh, in the bigger way. He's a he's a bigger guy, but you know, describe him what he looks like to the fans out there, and then also just the fact that it, it seems like every time he swings the bat, the ball might be landing out in that power station behind the uh, behind the left field monster. I mean, he really. I mean, he's a he's a taller guy, and he's, he definitely has some power. He if you watch his swing, he actually has a really really compact and fluid swing and he, he's worked a lot with Gabe to kind of make sure he's just kind of changing the plane of the bat when he when he hits um, and he just just makes contact consistently um, and so I mean he, he does kind of stand out um, um, as the, he is kind of a, a bigger guy but he's um, I think he's always kind of been that but he's you, he's got great athleticism. If you can watch him, you know, run the bases. He can move. Um, he can move. He can play first base really, really well. Um, he's not like the the David Ortiz guys, David Ortiz kind of player where all they're going to do is hit because they're not really athletic enough to play first base and play in the field. Like he can really do it all, and he's going to. I think as the SEC season progresses um, and more, um, you know, riders and everybody else are going to kind of start start to notice him um, just with his consistency because that's been kind of the model throughout the the year to start off with. Talk a little bit about this uh, this pitching staff because that that seemed to be the biggest problem last year was you were a little shorthanded in that pitching staff and it just couldn't hold on late in games. So uh, talk us through this year. Who are some guys that Auburn fans can really look forward to seeing out there? I mean, there's a lot, and I think the the best thing, one of the differences last year, one of the problems last year was not being able to hold on to a lead late in games. And um, I think during the Diamond Club banquet, they they mentioned some stat about how often Auburn had led in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings and had ultimately lost the game. That's not that's not really been the case. There have not been – I mean, there may have been, like, some minor blown saves, but um, the pitching has been really, really consistent, and the strikeout, number, the strikeout numbers are high. The uh, walks are really low. Um, and, guys, there's been a lot of guys that have really shot, especially this weekend. Uh, Mason Barnett and Trace Bright kind of, kind of, kind of stood out the most. Uh, you know, Mason – um, he, you know, all of them, both of them got wins, but Mason was five innings pitch, two hits, eight Ks, and then Trace was six innings pitch, one hit and eight Ks, no walks for either one of them. Um, you know, there was, uh, Barney did give up an earned run, but that was kind of about it. Um, but you've kind of seen, um, what Auburn is kind of doing. This, the pre, I don't want to call it a preseason, but actually basically the pre-conference season. Um, you'll still see a lot of guys that are kind of trying to find their roles and, and you want to see how, um, how the the staff kind of shakes up when you get in SEC SEC play because that's when your roles are going to be really defined. Like who's going to be kind of your first guy, first starter, second guy, starter, third starter. Who's going to come out of the pen? I don't know if they've even really established a closer. It may be a hot hand situation, um, but they've kind of had a good balance of some guys that have been in the program for a while, some newcomers like Jordan Armstrong, um, you know, who've been really effective um, and. They've done a good job of making trying to find what works for everybody. 
Um, one guy you may see a little bit later, I think what they're trying to progress towards, is Tommy Sheehan, who's a transfer from Notre Dame. Um, he, he's coming off of uh, some Tommy John surgery. Um, he started that Oklahoma game. He pitched the end of the of the final game on Sunday. Um, and he's really looked better week after week or each after each appearance. Um, and he's getting to be more confident. I think they're really trying to stretch him out so that he can either, if not be a Friday guy, uh, kind of be one of the um, a spot starter or, or the first guy out of the pen. So um, there's a lot of guys that kind of stand, stand out and a lot of guys that really did well that may have struggled last weekend that kind of turned around this weekend. And that's really kind of the thing you want to see. If a guy has a bad outing the last time you see him, what, how do you, what, what happens the next time he's up? Um, and I, I haven't noticed anybody that's really had really bad starts or really bad appearances on the mound in consecutive appearances. Talking to Kevin Ives, AUPPL, Plainsman Parking Lot on Twitter. Kevin, I want to get your take on just someone in this uh, this Auburn lineup or coming off the bench that you've been really impressed with that not a lot of people are talking about early in the season. Uh, I mean, there's been a bunch. I think the one of the biggest things has been Blake Rambush uh, in the leadoff spot at that third base role. So he's really kind of filling the roles of two guys from last season. He's really good defensively, um, and so he's kind of replacing Rankin Woley at third base in that regard, a guy that's going to have a lot of range, um, has a really strong arm, deep, and plays really sound defensively. And then he also kind of replaces um, Ryan Bliss as that leadoff guy at the top of the order. And his consistency allows us to slot a guy like Casey Howell uh, behind him, and so two guys that are really consistent getting on base, and then you kind of bring in Sonny, and we're kind of working out who would be the DH role in that situation. We've seen Cam Hill, we've seen Ryan Dial, we've seen Nate LaRue in that DH role. We saw Brooks Carlson a little bit for the first time this weekend um, in that DH role until he's kind of he's coming off of an injury until he kind of comes off the field. But um, you know, Blake Rambush has really stood out to me. Um, you know, Brody Moore has just been a leader at shortstop, and that's really stood out. Um, and Jake Wyatt, you know, has been catching consistently. The bat during the first couple of seasons, the first couple of games, hadn't really been there, but really broke out in a big way. Uh, and as his offense progresses, that kind of allows more lean, more leeway with where you can move guys around in the lineup, um, and you kind of can keep that lineup continuously going and not have any holes in it. But really, up and down the lineup, like top to bottom, everybody's been sort of been really consistent, um, especially this weekend. Um, you know, Ryan Dial has played a lot in the outfield and catching. I think he had probably his best week offensively, had a, had a grand slam. Um, and then Casey Howell's just done Casey Howell things um, in that second position and defensively uh, in in center field. So everything's really um, – there's really nothing bad to report right now. You know, some people may wonder, like, how's Auburn going to fare in SEC play? And is it, are they kind of just – is the schedule kind of puff, puffed up a little bit because of who they're playing? But I think they learned a lot by going to that, that tournament in Arlington the first weekend against those teams, playing Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Kansas State, um, and really kind of coming out of the gates knowing what they needed to do um, and playing that level of competition. And the teams they're playing are not bad. Um, I know Rhode Island is, has yet to win a game, um, but you know, the, you know, they really offensively dominated a really good or UAB squad that was off to a great year in the midweek. Um, if they play the game tomorrow uh, against Tennessee Tech, that'll be a big test 
to see what happens. Um, you see how the pitching can kind of handle a really potent offense. Um, but I don't really have any 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 worries that there may be kind of a, a slump or a, a fall off from the pre-conference season until the conference season, which is coming up uh, next week, I think, really. Auburn baseball played last week, played six games in six days. They do dial it back this week. They only got four games this week. As you mentioned, Tennessee Tech may be in Huntsville tomorrow, depending on the weather, and you got three in the weekend uh, hosting Middle Tennessee. What do you want to see from this Auburn baseball team over the next four games? As, like you mentioned, heading into conference play really quickly it got here, and it, it, it's going to start off with a bang with a, with a very good Ole Miss team coming up next weekend. But what do you want to see from these next four games before you head into this conference, that first conference weekend? I think it's really just keeping that consistency going. Yeah, they're going to have to dodge the weather a bit. Um, you know, it looks kind of shaky in Huntsville. Um, very rainy on Tuesday, and I think Friday in Auburn it's supposed to be really rainy, and then the temperatures are going to drop back down to the 60s and 50s. Um, you know, so it just depends on getting those games in. But really, it's you. You want to see them stay consistent and play um, as Auburn. Don't play to the whatever the level of the competition is. Um, and I think if, if you just kind of build each week off of what you've done, I think that's really going to help you out going into SEC play. You know, every SEC team um, and every baseball team really has holes. They have weaknesses. Um, and it's really the, the one thing that you can control is your own team. And so if you kind of know what your role is going to be and know what, your, what the plan is going to be uh, for yourself as a player, then you'll kind of, um, everything will kind of click and fall into place. But, yeah, it's going to be um, – they're definitely going to hit the round run. They, they managed to get that first, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series against Ole Miss, so the season will start a little early. Thankfully, it starts at home. Um, so that's going to be a, a benefit for Auburn. But for this week specifically, if they play the game tomorrow, how do they handle that Tennessee Tech offense? Um, Matt Braga was coaching on for just a little bit before he went back to Tennessee Tech as head coach, replaced Steve Smith, who was on the Auburn staff. Uh, but they have one of the best offenses in um, in the country, and they're one of the only teams that hit Tennessee consistently, um, who has one of the best pitching staffs in the country. That game got kind of rained out and shortened and never actually finished, but um, it was kind of back and forth. So on Tuesday, holding the run there, and then with Middle Tennessee coming in, I mean, you're going to found it. That's going to be a very tough club, um, and it's probably going to be the closest you're going to get to an SEC play uh, without playing an SEC team. I mean, it's a team that – um, you know, has traveled quite a bit. Um, they've had some ups and downs, but you really want to make sure that Auburn is still, you know, throwing strikes, limited walks, playing clean defense, and just playing, only controlling the things that they can control themselves and not um, the other team. We're talking with Kevin Ives here on Sports Call. Plainsman Parking Lot, our resident Auburn baseball expert. Kevin, enough with the, I guess, X's and O's or the balls and strikes, or however you want to talk about it. It's a little bit of fun here, man. Talk about the crowds out there. Uh, yeah, I've been up there on the deck with you already uh, yeah. a couple times this year. Seems like the crowds are, have, have really been there and getting into it for, the, for this team early in the season. They have been, and, I, in, and that's kind of been an emphasis. That was an emphasis going into the season. Um, by Butch and the staff, they're trying to do this thing called Operation Atmosphere, so they've kind of redone parts of the stadium a little bit uh, to try to get more student involvement. He met with the folks from the Auburn Jungle, um, you know, from the, the basketball fan uh, student section. Um, and so in the outfield, they took away that part of that fence in the outfield um, so that students can now sit back there. Right. Um, and it's kind of an open seating uh, 
not necessarily a terraced area because there's only one level, but, um, you know, students so far have taken advantage of that. Um, I think what you really want to see um, is going to be that Ole Miss weekend, see what the crowds are going to be there. Uh, on the student side, I think the, the regular fan side, you know, like you and me, like we're going to be there, and those right. crowds have been really, really well. The game Saturday after the uh, uh, basketball game, some of the best crowds we've had. Um, and so you want that to kind of carry over. But for that Ole Miss weekend, um, spring break will already been over. Students will be back. There's no basketball that's really interfering unless you're traveling to, to the tournament or something like that. And so that's going to be the first real test of that, see how that operation atmosphere kind of plays out. And so you basically have now two student sections um, at opposite ends that, that kind of give both types of fan experience for the students. And the more folks that come out, you know, the better the atmosphere is going to be at Plainsville Park. But, yeah, I mean, it's, the weather was perfect this weekend, so the crowds are great. Um, you know, the doubleheader got, you know, helped out as well. So you, and the basketball game earlier kind of helped with the scheduling. So, I mean, even when it's been kind of cold, um, you know, there's still been a, a good number of folks that have been out there. And I, you just want to see that continue, and you want more and more people to kind of come out. And especially, you know, for college baseball now, with the lockout happening, you're going to get more eyeballs. You're going to yeah. get more fans that are looking for that experience and then kind of want that that weekend experience. Um, and so maybe all can take advantage of some of that. Season tickets are pretty much sold out, I think, but you're, you can always try to see if they have any left over or, or some of the Tiger Terrace tickets. And um, Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for big crowds, especially Ole Miss. That'll be the the first real test of everything yeah and, and then of course up on top of the parking lot has kind of become a scene of its own up there uh are we going to see the rally leg this year do we have some other different rally something but uh we, we're kind what of we got going on for the we're kind of saying that you know we have the joe boo that we bring out that's right um you know we'll bring all that out for sec play um, and have that ready. I don't know if I'll get the rally leg out again. I'm mad, but <laughs> father-in-law has joined me for a couple of games, and so he, he did bring it last weekend um, just in case. So we'll kind of see. I mean, and that's part of the deal for us and our group of friends that watch those games. It's just having fun, just doing goofy stuff like that to sure. kind of you know keep ourselves entertained and um, kind of lighten the mood a little bit if the, the game isn't going our way. But, um, yeah, I think that's – you may see some stuff we – we want to make sure that we are not the, uh, drawing a lot of attention to ourselves um, and that people are watching the, the action. So we try to tone it down just a little bit. But, um, yeah, no, there's been kind of – there's been really big crowds on the deck. And yeah. now that we um, have Miss uh, – now that we, now that basketball season is over, uh, we'll have uh, Miss Dana, our favorite security guard, up there full-time kind of keeping the peace and making sure at least the top floor is, is, is handled pretty well. So, um, but, yeah, it's a, that – is a good i mean i've had a lot of people talk about it it's a great viewing point it's a it's a neat experience um and it's kind of adds to that the atmosphere of the park um and it's you know it's something that we at least for my group you know we're, we're very cognizant of that and we're, we're trying to be very responsible of that you know make sure that we're not going to be in kind of a burden to the university or anything and uh making sure we can keep it by behaving so That's right. uh, we do kind of police ourselves a lot with that yeah, and, and for any fans out there that might want to go to the top of the deck, leave it like you found it. Clean up after yourself. Don't be a right. degenerate and leave a bunch of trash <laughs> laying around. <laughs> yeah, we'll, it, it actually looked really well this weekend. It did. You know, it absolutely did. First, I think and that always happens. The first game was just a mess and new folks coming up, and then it was um, you know kind of just a spur-of-the-moment type thing, and so it was kind of trash after the first game. 
as a midweek game against Troy. But after since then, everything's been great. Oh. Um, you know, and we had there was a the two weekends ago. There's a bunch of Yale fans up there. They oh, had a good time. Sweet. Um, and so you know, it's it's been it's been really good to see. And yeah, it's the rules are real simple up there. You know, don't back your trucks in or don't back your vehicles in. Um, keep two feet on the ground, no glass. Put everything in a cup and koozie. Just um, have fun, you know. And it's simple rules to follow. It's not sure. um, following those won't make you not enjoy the game as much. So um, yeah, we, we we try to make it as fun as we can. He's Kevin Ives, AU AUPPL on Twitter, Plainsman Parking Lot. Thank you so much for the time today, Kevin. And we look forward to talking you talking to you throughout the rest of the baseball season. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. It's Kevin Ives. AUPPL on Twitter. Plainsman Parking Lot does a great job. I guess unofficially, officially covering Auburn baseball. He he yes. Super fan. I'll tell you what. Next time we have him on, I want to ask him about his TV guide because those are phenomenal, and he has stepped it up this year. So next time we talk to him, I can't wait to talk to him about that. Yeah, Kevin, while the vast majority of folks uh, in Auburn or Auburn fandom focuses on football, his thing is baseball. Uh, he, he is he is absolutely the biggest Auburn baseball fan I think I've ever met. Join him on the uh, parking deck. He's up there every game, if not almost every Got game. Got his book out, keeping score and everything. Phenomenal. This is Sports Call. We'll be right back after this quick break. Don't go anywhere. Cinderella man, Cinderella man, Cinderella man, Cinderella man. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. We're live from Auburn Bank Signing Day. Angela scanning the closing documents. Looks like the competitive rate her Auburn Bank mortgage lender promised. She gets the pen, clicks it once, twice, spin move, and we have a signature. Angela Green is a first-time homeowner. With competitive rates, online applications, and hands-on mortgage lenders, the wins just feel bigger. Auburn Bank, champions of you. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 403461. Lifesavers Mission Thrift Store not only helps you find great deals on clothes, household goods, furniture, and more, every time you shop, you help Lifesavers Ministries to impact children, families, and the community in which we live. 100% of the proceeds from your purchase goes towards the numerous ministries under the Lifesavers umbrella, and you can rest assured that the funds stay right here in the Opelika and Auburn communities. Help out today by shopping or donating at Lifesavers Mission Thrift Store, located at 2051 East University Drive in Auburn. This just in, Auburn Bank has completed their 114th year of serving their community. This next one goes out to Auburn Bank, champions of you. Touchdown, Auburn Bank. The champions of you are 114-0. Welcome to Auburn Bank. How can we help? I hear y'all are undefeated. Helping you achieve your financial goals is our goal. Visit championsofyou.com to see how we can serve you. Auburn Bank, champions of you. Member FDIC. This is Jake Crane, host of The J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Sports Call Podcast. Can be found anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you go 
and find it. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple, iTunes, anywhere you get a podcast. Our website, thetiger.fm. If you missed that interview with Kevin Ives, uh, I always want to say Auburn because his Twitter handle is (laughs) A-U-P-P-L, but it's just Plainsman Parking Lot on Twitter. You can find him. We just had a great conversation with him. That interview will be up after the show. Always a great time to talk to him. He knows so much about baseball, college baseball in general. That, that and, and, the, and he is just genuinely a good dude. Yeah. If you've ever met him or if you have never met him and you get a chance to go up on top of the parking deck and meet him, dude will, the dude will say hello to anybody. I mean, he, he's honestly just a really, really good dude. Very fun to hang out with. Very fun to watch a baseball game with. Now, you know, he, he doesn't get very chatty when the game is going on because, I mean, he is watching that baseball game. I mean, he's very he's focused. Keeping he's, he's keeping a score. I mean, he'll still, he'll chat you up a little bit, but, you know, he's not going to get into lengthy conversations like we just had on the radio show. Now, maybe when there's pauses in the game, maybe. But, I mean, he, he, he is very much paying attention to what's going on with that game. But super, super nice dude. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 so you can get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Give us a call. Let's talk a little bit about Auburn baseball. And we just talked. Kevin I's got we got smarter now, so we could actually talk about it a little bit more. Um, big weekend coming or big week coming up. Like he said, you got a big, uh, a really good Tennessee Tech team uh, that, that oh, yeah. you get to face on a up in Huntsville. Maybe if the if the weather holds off. And then this weekend you've got Middle Tennessee coming into town for three games. And like you said, it's going to be a team that uh, it's going to be as close as you're going to get to SEC caliber baseball until you hit that Ole Miss uh, weekend next weekend. It is uh, SEC plays coming quick, quick. Yeah, Ole it's Miss. It's only been what? It's this is going to be the we're three weeks into the season. Yep. It doesn't feel like that because they were on the road the first week, so it, it doesn't feel like it's been that long because you're only getting what three home series before the the um, SEC play starts. But it's coming quick. Auburn's got to be prepared because it's a big, really good Ole Miss team coming in uh, next weekend. Uh, an Ole Miss team that uh, I've seen ranked as high as number two uh, in some of the polls, and so uh, yeah, they they're a very very good team. We can focus on Ole Miss later on. Like, you know, get yeah. through this if we get, if we have the midweek game against Tennessee Tech, but then Middle Tennessee rolling in here for three. Um, the big thing is to keep momentum going. I and mean, right now, there's a lot of momentum on the side of these Tigers, uh, just because of the way they've been playing. And you know, they've they've only dropped two games. Uh, you know, the that Oklahoma loss was a, a three to nothing loss, but it was really close right until the very very end of that game. And so it's nothing to really hang your head about. They turn right around and they beat number twelve Texas Tech two to one, and then blast Kansas State twelve to one. So there was no lingering hangover from losing that game against to Oklahoma. Um, you beat Yale nine to nothing. You beat Yale four to three, and then you lose a ten inning game uh, five to four, where they're just they're able to eke out a run, and that happens in baseball. Those are the two losses. But you look at what like what they just did against Rhode Island, seven to two, sixteen to zero, twelve to zero, fourteen to one. That that's big momentum boost as you head into this last series, this last week before SEC play. So that's the big thing is keep that momentum going, keep that momentum on your side, so that you're feeling good when you get uh, Ole Miss rolling in here. Uh, you, you've got the the one we mentioned against Tennessee Tech on Tuesday in Huntsville. If it happens. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against Middle Tennessee. 
weather permitting because I think it's still supposed to be kind of gross. And you got a game Tuesday against Kennesaw State here at Plainsman Park. And then you welcome Ole Miss. So, I mean, it, it, it's ready to be crunch time. Yeah, yeah, baseball. Uh, it's <laughs> Tom. Tom touched on yeah. it, and, and I. I'll be totally honest. I have not. I've kind of watched Auburn baseball from my periphery so far this season. Um, once basketball season is over, we'll absolutely devote more time to baseball. But right now, just kind of looking at what they've done, I think they've they've come out on fire. Kind of like Tom said, I think the bat's really hot right now. Sonny Deshera batting like uh, four seventy two at the yeah. moment, and he's. He is a transfer that has really worked out for Auburn, something that we've seen kind of consistently. Uh, Five dingers. Yeah. Yeah. They hit a couple of grand slams against Rhode Island, or they hit at least one, um, but hit a ton of home runs, hit four in their in their Sunday game, their Sunday finale against Rhode Island. They, uh, they're having a really good year so far, and, you know, it is still very early. We still don't know how good they're going to look against SEC teams. Uh, but so far against inferior competition, they are absolutely lighting it up. Lighting it up. Yeah. I we we talked about Sonny Deshera with Kevin Ives, but I'm telling you, he he is fun to watch. He's the type of guy that when he steps to the plate, he kind of has a Babe Ruth ish look to him because he's just kind of a little more rotund, but he's a lot more athletic. But I'm telling you. When he swings the bat, it feels like the ball could go out of the park at any moment. It just sounds different coming off his bat. It looks different. The, the kid is incredible. I mean, like I said, he's already he's already hit five home runs this early in the season with 11 RBIs. So he, he's fun to watch. And his walk-up music is killer. Auburn baseball, hot start to the year. We'll talk more about them on the other side of this break. You're listening to Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Sports Call on a Monday. Hope you're getting your week started off right. Obviously, you are if you're listening to us on Tiger 95.9, the Sports Call app, Tiger Communications app. Tiger uh, Communications app on which you can listen to every episode of Sports Call. That's right. The Tiger.fm or the Sports Call podcast. I think that's where I was trying to go the first time, but I went website. But yeah, listen to us anywhere. Glad you're joining us on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress. JJ Jackson is... Handling company business, I guess. Company business. We, we think. I don't know. Like the, he usually just disappeared. Usually yeah. the company business is planned. This yeah. was a little bit out of the blue. Impromptu company business, but company business nonetheless. I'm joined Tom Peavy, Brent Daughtry in studio with me. We've been talking all the baseball. My company business is in this dadgum studio. That's right. There you go. That's right. <laughs> that is right, Tom. 334-887-34 and locally, toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 If you want to get on the Auburn Bank phone line, we'll be happy to take your phone calls as we are getting close to wrapping up the second hour of the program. We'll have lots more sports call to come up in hour number three. We've been talking about Auburn baseball since our interview with Kevin Ives just a little short while ago. If you missed that, make sure you listen to it on the Sports Call podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. 
got to go out to Plainsman Park for the first time. I mentioned this in the in our open, but I got to go out there for the first time yesterday this season. Beautiful day. Just absolutely gorgeous day for baseball. There was um it was sunny, but it there was just enough clouds that would go over the sun to keep it from getting too hot. And so it was it was a beautiful day. Beautiful day for baseball. Tom, you said you've already been out there a couple times this year, hanging out on the parking deck with yeah. Kevin and Kevin and all his uh crew up there. Um, walked around after the game. It was after the game, but I walked around to that new Operation Atmosphere area out beyond center field. Okay. And uh, it, it looks pretty nice. Like I, you, you can go out there even without a student ticket? There, there was nobody. Well, this was after the game. I walked oh, back there. The, so I, I don't know you. if they're guarding it during the game or what, but I walked out there after the game yesterday, and it, it's, you know, they got several picnic tables out there. Obviously, you can bring your own chairs. Uh, but it's pretty cool to stand there and look out your, you know, field level. Yeah, you're obviously. looking out. You're looking through the fence, through the chain link fence. It, it feel you feel like you're playing center field. So yeah. it took me back to the Thunder Chicken days for a little bit. <laughs> uh, much bigger field though. I was about to say that had to have been nightmarish. <laughs> yeah, I was kept looking up. Uh, was, is something coming for me. Uh, um, but yeah, really fun. Got to a real unique, well, not unique experience. But everyone does, or I think a lot of people do it. Um, but I mentioned, I've mentioned on the program before that me and my fiance, Grace, are season ticket holders for gymnastics because that's the game, that's sure. the sporting event that I can get her to go to without complaining because she likes gymnastics. Um, but yesterday, went up for two, when we went to Plainsman Parking Lot, parking lot, Plainsman Park, uh, we, uh, we started a new venture, which was I was starting to teach, uh, teach her how to score a baseball game. She okay. said she wanted to. Ah. She she said maybe if I learn to do that, I can. It'll be more enjoyable to go to baseball games, and I appreciate her, uh, you know, being willing to try to learn that. But you talked about Kevin Ives. You know, he's watching the game intently and he's scoring the game. He does not. You know, doesn't really talk, and you don't realize. I guess when you're keeping your own book, you don't realize you're not talking, and it's it's you know you you keep going. But if you're trying to help someone score, but like learn how to score a baseball game. You've got to be on it. Yeah, it was. There was a couple times where I would just look down for you know, a few seconds, and something happened. I think one. Uh, it was um, either Casey Howell or Kim Hill was at bat, and someone was on first, and they got picked off, and I I didn't see it. All of a sudden, I looked down, and then I looked back up, and everyone's running off the field, and we're and me and me and Grace both were looking down, and we're like. What happened? I'm like, I don't know. I guess he struck out, and then so we had to. Oh no! And then the next inning, it came back up, and the the same guy, either Casey Howell or Cam Hill, came up to bat, and I said, "Well, they're starting the inning, so that means someone got picked off." And so then you you figure it out, but it's just it is amazing. You know, you you think about scoring a baseball game, and if you you if you've scored a baseball game before, it you got to pay attention. And that was that was a fun experience yesterday trying to trying to teach, but also it keep it makes you really pay attention to what's going on in the field. Like you can't just sit there and have a conversation for a little bit and then turn around and be like, oh yeah, let's just write this down because you can miss a batter. Yeah, every pitch matters yes. when you're keeping score, and that's that's one of the reasons that I love keeping a score whenever I'm calling a baseball game because it just keeps me so much more focused than I would be otherwise. And it's it's entertaining, it's challenging, it's. It's a way to feel involved, I guess. So it's it's fun. I, I recommend it. I mean, they're cheap. I, I got mine from, uh, I think it was Dick's Sporting Goods in Tigertown for yeah. like $7. It's like a 20-page 20, 20 or maybe 40-page because I think it's 20 games. Yeah. So a little 40-page notebook uh, that I'm just going to use for this baseball and softball season. And it's a lot of fun. Tom, do you score baseball? 
No. Do you, <laughs> I, 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 I have uh, so not I, just no, but <laughs> no, I I have honestly never. I know how to do it. Yeah. Um. But I've never actually scored a game like on a like one of the official page deals, yeah. like whatever you call it, scorecard, score card, yeah. score page book. Yeah. Um. When I was working for the Opelika Auburn News and covering baseball games, I developed my own uh, personal way uh, of uh-huh. of scoring a game without using that book. Uh, and it just for me it made it a lot easier to look at in the immediacy when I needed like stats like yeah. pronto and to write a story on a deadline and I had a way um, it, it was really weird so basically I would write the names down in the lineup and, yeah. it, and as they would come up out and just next to their name I would write what they did okay and so then that way I could just look at the player's name right there in front of me and see exactly what they did through the lineup and then of course i had it right in front of me and i could add it up and boom there's my stat instead of trying to decipher everything on that stat book i just needed the basic because see in that one i'm not really so much interested in like balls and strikes yeah um you don't know, you won't don't know what you don't need to know how long the at bat went you just right. need to know the results i needed to bat. know the results of the bat because i mean you're just trying to condense everything into a story uh you know if I absolutely needed to know, uh, you know, what was the pitch count when this dude hit this, and I may ask somebody that's yeah. keeping the score. But uh, that's how I learned to keep "quote unquote" score that way, just to make it a little easier to decipher in the immediacy on and on a deadline. Because uh, I mean, if you if you've ever looked at one of those score books and you don't know what you're looking at necessarily, it's a lot to decipher it through. It can be intimidating. There. It can yeah. be intimidating, and it's not fast to just look at it and see what happens so yeah two hours of sports call are in the books we promise we won't be intimidating in the third hour if you come on back i'm brooks childress tom Peavy joins me along with brant daughtry maybe jj will be back from company business after this break but who knows coming up right now Again, we still don't know where he is that's right he just disappeared <laughs> on us like a ghost spooky coming up during this break the Tiger Communication Sports Report Ooh. takes you to the top of the hour. We'll return for the third hour of Sports Call right after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third hour of Sports Call starting right now. I am Brooks Childress, joined in studio by Brent Daughtry, Tom Peavy. Maybe J.J. Jackson will come back. I don't know. Doubtful. He's left us. He's handling company business. (laughs) But I'm here. Brant's here. Tom's Hello. here. So we're uh, we're holding down the fort on a Monday afternoon. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one Oakley. Toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. 
Brent, we've had a lot of fun on the show today, haven't we? We have had a ton of fun. We have talked to uh, Justin Hokinson and Kevin Ives, and uh, we've taken a few calls, and we talked a lot about baseball. This is probably the most baseball-heavy show that we've had so far this year. Um, and looking forward to more of that as we go. We talked about Auburn winning an SEC championship. They are the sole owner of the SEC regular season championship. There are times where it was a struggle, but you still won the dang thing, and as good as the SEC is, that is really, really impressive. That's right. Um, I talked about bass fishing. That's right. You did talk about bass fishing. that's the highlight of the day. Hey, man, it was the Bassmaster Classic, dude. Uh, You talked about bass fishing, and I sat over here on my phone and did not say anything for five minutes. Well, I was was really, really hoping – that Kyle Welcher, who I mentioned is from Opelika, I was hoping that we're he, back to the phone. I was hoping that <laughs> I was hoping that he would win it, and then I was going to try to get Kyle on the show or Steve Kennedy if he had won it. Try to get him on the show, just get a little local flavor going with that, and maybe they can uh, convince y'all that uh, bass fishing is actually really darn cool. Oh, it's cool! Like it's it's very <laughs> impressive and very difficult. I just know absolutely nothing about it. And, uh, and those like, are the guys that could learn you. Well, for sure. And the, the the few times I've been fishing, it's just kind of been like, all right, this this is fine, you know. But no, I'm not trying to ba- not trying to bash. The we may have to fight. See, I'm I'm, <laughs> I, I'm one of those. Uh, I need stimulants, man. I need stimuli. And and just like standing in a boat with a pole in the water is just yeah, but it's see, not for me. Again, it's very impressive, very difficult to do. I'm not trying to take anything away. But see, you it's don't, just not my bag. Yeah, but see, you don't just stand with a pole in the water. Yeah, well, a, I do. My dad drives. Yeah. I can't drive a boat. There's a science. I can drive a boat, but I'm not great at it. I mean, it, it's a it's a science. You're trying to outsmart a fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's that sounds that sounds. The, the guys, really difficult. <laughs> so the, the, guy, the, guys that, uh, the guys that brought in, uh, I, I mentioned last week I had a small little fire uh, at my apartment that I took care of, uh, got my new oven and hood and all installed today, but uh, the, the guys that brought my oven in, they saw the corner of my room that is just like loaded. There's like 30 some odd fishing rods and all sorts of stuff, and that guy goes, man you really like to fish don't you <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i do i had a thought that i wanted to to share but I, i've lost it now but maybe it'll come back to me but tom do you have any oh i know what the thought was i'll get to it in a second tom that, that reminds me do you have any of your trophy fish mounted no okay I didn't know if you were. Uh, I'm going to keep this one for <clears throat> all time or I. You know I I, I have. Uh, uh, so my personal my what they call a pr my my personal record is like an eight pound which is it's kind of okay but i mean you normally mount ones that are like in, in bass fishing anyway like a 10 pound uh-huh. and up now i was fishing with a buddy of mine on, on a private pond and hooked into one that was every bit of 10 pounds maybe even more than that it, it was on it was the biggest bass i've ever seen in my life and i got it right to the edge of the boat and it came off the hook i mean you and you talk about i mean i was trembling i mean this is the biggest bass i've ever seen in my life and i almost landed it that one i would have 100 percent got mounted because this sucker was a behemoth uh but outside of that you know i i haven't really caught one that i would consider just a like a surefire trophy uh-huh 
Um, because I mean, eight, eight's a big bass, and that's been a long time ago. Uh, you know, most of mine are, I mean, I think the largest I've caught since then is maybe five or six, which I mean, that's still a big bass, but yeah, I haven't really hooked one that I would just consider that surefire trophy that I was like, oh, yeah, that one's got to go on the wall. I was just wondering. Yeah. Um, no, no, my, my walls are not adorned with uh, buckheads and bass. No. You're, you're not a big hunting guy though no you're no. more of you're you're the fishing kind yeah um now my dad uh growing up my dad was real big into hunting and mm-hmm. took me some uh but as a kid i didn't have the patience for it um i and i just yeah i just never got into it it's something that i've i'm trying to get some of my buddies to take me and uh-huh. and, and i want i'm very interested in 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 doing some of that but i've i I just haven't. I yeah, bass fishing it just kind of became my thing, and uh, you know I that's what I follow. Uh, you know I follow bass the the bass elite series, which you know was the classic, and I follow the MLF, the major league fishing. Yeah, the hunting. I just it, it just it was not something that really stuck with me like fishing did. As you're listening to uh, outdoors talk here on Sports Call. Um, <laughs> My my question that I I had lost and it came back to me, Brant. You you were the one that inspired this question because you said you knew how to drive a boat, but you don't. I want to know Correct. if this is a uniquely Alabama thing or if it's a famil- like a a more recent Alabama thing. When each of you got your driver's license, sixteen years old, right. did you also take the test to get your boat license at the same time? No, in uh-uh. in Georgia, at least when I got my license, and I, I got my license at seventeen. But uh, when I got my license. And to this day, I think this is still the rule. If you have a driver's license for a car, it transfers to a boat. Okay. So you can. Okay. So legally, if you have a driver's license, you can drive a boat. Okay. But okay. You're, you're supposed to take some classes to. Yeah. Uh, you are. Or you're, I mean, you're not supposed to just hop behind the wheel of a boat and go. Right. All right, here we go. Well, Having never drawn driven it before. Uh, right. Because I mean, but there's no law against that. There, but there, they, you know, there's some there's some very strict rules i mean that you've got to follow on the water and especially if you get on a place like oh, yeah. uh if you get on a place like uh lake you follow mm-hmm. uh just for instance you have to follow channel markers in, yes. in that river because yeah, yeah you have to follow the buoys and you have to know whether it be on the left side of the buoy and what color it is got to be on the left side or on the right side and it'll get you to margaritaville well, no, it will get you stuck, and it will get you stuck. It'll, it'll tear your boat up. It, it, it is will what tear it'll your do. boat up. It, it will ground your boat because literally those channels will go from sixty to eighty foot deep, and within a two feet span, you're in like an inch of water. Yeah, you're going to so hit a tree. You've got. You have to know how to maneuver. Now, a place like Lake Martin is just a huge deep reservoir. Yeah. You can kind of gun that and, and go, but you get to other places, like I said, Lake Eufaula and some of these others, you have to know how to do these channel markers, but you also have to know how to uh, approach with other boats and you have to know how to uh, steer your boat so that you don't, because I mean, if you, you catch When, when you, you catch kill wake, the throttle of that thing, it does not stop. Like it just right. keeps floating on the water. And that was... That's kind of the hardest thing. And again, like once for me at least, getting the boat once the boat is out on the water, it's totally fine, right? Because you just have to know where which side the buoys have to be on. Uh, I learned to drive in Lake Blackshear, and I'm not sure if this is universal, but I'm pretty sure at Blackshear it's um, 
the the green buoys go on your right and the red ones go on your left and you just drive between those buoys and you're you'll be fine the hard part is not driving out on the water to me at least the hard part is parking the dang thing because you have a pretty small place to go and you have to line that sucker up and it just drifts like the back end of a boat it freaking drifts man and that's that is very, very tough to control. So, Tom, when you got your first driver's license, 16 years old, did you have to take a boat, a boat test no. to get a boat, boat license? So you went afterward and got a boat license. No, I, I, I haven't. I, I, I ride on boats ah, with friends. I have, I was about to say, I have, you go fishing. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I have, you currently. No, no, no. I have, I, I'm always what they would call the co-angler. Um, okay. I, I don't have a boat. I've, I've, never, I've never been able to afford a boat. Cause, I mean, boats are expensive, and... I've been a journalist, so that's you're never going to be rich being checks a journalist. all the boxes. Yes, you're never <laughs> you're never going to be rich being a journalist unless you go, you know, big time something. But I, I've never been. A, I would love to have a boat at some point, but I, I've uh, I've never a I've I've never had the money to be able to get a really good boat. I could I could afford you know a little John boat type yeah. deal, um, but. Uh, uh, but the other thing with me is just the time constraints of, of it, it's not feasible for me to spend a whole lot of money on a boat because I don't have a whole lot of time that I can go. I periodically I get to go fishing with some buddies of mine that yeah. have boats, but you know that's I, I don't want to say few and far between, but it's definitely not enough to spend money on a on a like an actual bass boat. And I mean when you're talking about a good bass boat a phoenix or ranger or triton nitro these you're you're easily looking at sixty five thousand dollars and that's like without a lot of the accoutrement to it if you really want if you really look at a bass boat like what these pros have you're looking with all the electronics i mean you're looking at 90 to a hundred thousand dollars for sure for boat and trailer so i wonder if this would be good to do some further research and i wonder if it's a more of a coastal alabama thing because there's so much water around there because i'm looking at my driver's license right here on the back and every and any alabama driver's license it should have you know what you're registered as for to be able to license with this yes. driver's license i've got class d regular operator's license which is just any car truck suv whatever you uh standard standard vehicle and then i've got class v vessel license really and this was one of the it i vividly remember one of the first things when i um went to when i got driver's ed everyone takes driver's ed right yes you took took driver's ed in high school one of the first things is they gave us the basics of driving and then they said all right before we go any further we're going to get you all certified boat license and so hmm. that was one of the first things. Oh, that's in, such a good idea. Is they everyone, everyone, at least at Robertsdale High School that took driver, uh, driver's ed is certified to be able to drive a boat. Taking driver's ed is a, taking driver's ed as a class is such a good idea. Because like was, it, there's listen, there's, there's built stories. in time, man. It's like, just don't go to gym that day or something. There's some stories that I could get into with driver's ed class, but we won't <laughs> right now. That'll be for another day. Because we've got to take a break and head back to the Auburn Bank phone line after this quick timeout. We've talked enough about sports, fishing, boating, driver's licenses. We'll get to the phone calls back on the Auburn Bank phone line right after this. Want 
to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call on a Monday rolls on. J.J. Jackson is holding down the fort somewhere. Not here. He was taking taking some time to handle some company business. But we're here. I'm here. I'm Brooks Childress. Brant's here. His name's Brant Daughtry. Hello. Tom Peavy's here. I like bass fishing. Captain Tom Peavy. (laughs) Yeah. Captain Thomas Peavy. Who tried to burn his apartment down last yeah. week? Have you been demoted yet? <laughs> no. All right, good. I don't. I don't think it would have been embarrassing I, I for a, a, fire, a, a fire captain to burn his own apartment down. Have y'all had a meeting since this happened? Like a, a, a volunteer firefighter meeting? No. Okay, so the demotion may still be coming, <laughs> <laughs> or someone's going to let you know about it uh, at the meeting, aren't they? I don't know. We'll see. Hey, I, accidents happen. I, I accidents took, do happen. I took care of. I, I didn't do anything stupid to compound the issue. And, and you've already got it fixed. Already got it fixed. Got a brand new oven and stove today, and a vent hood put on. Can't uh, even nice. tell it happened. Yeah, not at all. Besides the faint smell of smoke in the background. Actually, yeah, it's all gone. I've done. A oh, good, really? I've, I've done a good nice. job of. He's a fire professional. Fumigating, he knows what to do. fumigating everything. Well, he's a fire uh, professional. He's not a smoke professional. That's it. I, I'm. It's a total joke, and I said it wrong. That's <laughs> fire professional and smoke professional. Yeah. Where there, where there's smoke, there's I, fire, I, Brand. Yeah. And that's what I don't. Yes, yeah. that's I fair. don't work that's for Serve Pro. <laughs> but you could. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe. PV Pro. Yeah. I, there wasn't enough damage to need any what kind of that? surf pro or anything. <laughs> right. Know. I'm just trying to ref here. A couple of scorch marks. Yeah, you know, just uh, mainly on the stove and oven, just towed it which, out. Which are now gone. Yeah, they're gone. They're, they are now in They are in possession of uh, the fine folks at Home Depot. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with that stove and oven, but I guess they have a, a graveyard of burned ovens that they can take bu- it to. They're building a robot army. I don't know. I don't know. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how you get burnt on the Auburn Bank phone line. Before we go any farther with burnt stoves, I'm Brooks. He's Brant across from me. Hello, Tom Peavy is also joining me, and yes, we're sir. joined now on the Auburn Bank phone line by Matt from Auburn. Matt from Auburn joins us. Matt, how are you doing this afternoon? Uh, you know, I'm an SEC champion. That's how I'm doing. There you hey, go. Hey, man, brother. <laughs> hey, I just had to call in and. Uh, I don't know if Anthony's listening, but uh, I don't know the, the last time he called in. You know, Auburn, Auburn can't play away from Auburn Arena, and and all this and X Y Z, and Bruce Pearl's just going to be a high paid coach. Well, guess what? We've we've been two and zero since then, and uh, Bruce Pearl's still the best coach in the SEC. So, you know, it is what it is. That's right, and he's got another championship under his belt, and got the number one seed in the SEC tournament. He's won more SEC championships in the last five years than we've had in Auburn history prior to him being here. So, yep. you know, it, it's Anthony's just going to talk and talk and talk. 
and that's what they do. That's what they do. Just Matt. have to chirp back at him a little bit. You know how it is. Uh, look, guys, it's the tournament starts up. We don't play until Friday. What are we gonna do until then? Talk, talk, more, talk more bass fishing. <laughs> oh, Lord. What is Auburn basketball is going to rest. What we're going to do is, I don't know, sit here and ponti- pontificate. That's what we do anyway. Like Tom said, we're going to talk about burnt stoves and, and bass fishing. Amen. Uh, that's it. Uh, and, you know, I'm not I'm not any good at bass fishing. Brandon, I'm kind of like you. Like, I just drop my, drop my line in the water, and if something bites, great. If not, I get bored pretty quickly. Uh... And as far as burnt stoves go, we had we did, I did catch a, an oven on fire one time trying to make monkey bread, and the the butter overflowed, hit the coil underneath, and fortunately it wasn't in my house; it was in my in laws' house, and we noticed the smoke and just threw a bunch of baking soda in there. There you and go, choked it out. But uh, yeah, I just had to I just had to call and uh, rub it in Anthony, rub it in Anthony's face a little bit that uh, we're SEC champions and Alabama is playing basketball tomorrow or Wednesday. That's right. They uh, what seed is Alabama? They're the they're nine and nine, so they're somewhere in the middle. Oh, I think they, they were part of that that big nine and nine tie up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there there was a real mess in the middle of the conference. The the fortunate thing looking at the looking at the bracket though, the fortunate thing is we play, what is it? Florida, the winner of Florida and Texas A and M. That's right. Um, and then after that, you know, assuming. Arkansas advances from their game after they beat a team that has to play into the Thursday games. Uh, we get a bounce back at Arkansas, uh, and we don't have to play Tennessee, Kentucky, or Alabama until the semifinals or finals. So yeah, uh, or until the finals. Sorry, until the finals. So we we should have a pretty pretty easy coast into uh, Sunday afternoon. But you know, I I had somebody ask me the other day, what is what is a realistic goal or a realistic, not as a fan, expectation for Auburn basketball this season? And I, my, my simple answer was regular season SEC championships, uh, SEC championship appearance in the tournament, whether we win the finals or not. Anything less than that kind of feels like a letdown. Uh, and anything less than the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament is kind of a letdown with the way this season played out. But I think this team now – We'll have a little more confidence playing away from Auburn Arena, uh, specifically this this coming weekend, uh, and then we'll see how they do in the in the sixty four team tournament, sixty eight team tournament, I guess now. Uh, so, anyway, I'll let you guys back at it. I just got two words for you: War Eagle. War Eagle, Matt. Thanks for that call. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally. Toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. So to get on the Auburn Bank phone line, give us a call as we are continuing through a Monday afternoon. Yeah, uh, like Matt said, it, it's you got to take it game by game. You get into the, you see what they do. I, I think that he's right. I, I think that right now, and I don't know if this is you, you guys' opinion as well, but I, I kind of agree with Matt. I think that once you hit that that NCAA tournament, a Sweet 16 is probably the the oh, floor. Yeah. That has to be the floor for this Auburn team. So. It- it's kind of interesting. I feel more confident about Auburn making the Sweet 16 than I do Auburn uh, making it to the SEC tournament final because the SEC is just so dead gum good and Auburn's going to get a good draw. Now, I've said this before. Once you make it to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament, 
all bets are off. Every team that is there is good enough to win a national championship. So you're not going to have any easy games that you quote unquote should win. Yeah. Um, but making it to the Sweet 16, it it feels like a real attainable goal for this team. Making it to the final in the SEC championship or making it to the tournament final, you you've got such a tough road to hoe there. Um, I think there are four teams that have a real shot at winning the SEC tournament. That's Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Arkansas. Uh, I think any four of those teams have a chance to to come out on top of this tournament. I think any of those teams have a chance to make the Final Four. Um, and it, I certainly, un- unless they run into each other, it wouldn't shock me to see them all make it to the Sweet 16 as well. So we'll figure it out. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I don't know why, but I just sitting here thinking about it, I feel more confident that Auburn will make it to the Sweet 16 than I do they will win the SEC tournament. We'll figure it out. I have no idea. But, I don't know. Turn my mic on. 334-887-34 locally. Toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 It's how to get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. And Michael from Auburn is joining us. Michael, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing good, guys. Um, I haven't seen any of the rankings, uh, so I didn't know with Duke losing, uh, if that was shuffled anything up. Um, I'm just curious to how the tournaments are actually going to be, you know, used for, for ranking um, for selection Sunday. I've, I've seen, you know, Auburn as a two seed. I've seen Auburn at a one seed. The one seed, um, you know, just keeps getting flipped. But they, they, for everything that I've seen, they have Auburn and Kentucky in the same region. Uh, once the one seed, once the two seed, the late, latest that I saw. And the only other thing that I saw kind of in that was the two seed after their game would probably face a Miss Michigan State uh, Izzo team, which that, that kind of scares me a little bit because, if, you know, I think the only thing, um, you know, that, that I, I think the world of, 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 of Pearl, but I, I think sometimes I think we kind of need a offensive coordinator so to speak, for basketball on some plays. And I just think if we we face a, a early test against, you know, a high coach team, that, that could that can possibly do some trouble for Auburn because they could slow some things down and do some things that uh, would take some, you know, some more than just athleticism to kind of win that early game. And we could maybe go in with a bigger head. And we've seen Michigan State do it plenty of times before. So that's the only – seeding that scares me in that but if you're a one seed you, you kind of avoid that so I'm curious to how things play out on that I think with Tampa and you're playing on a neutral court so to speak um, and like I said we don't face the Bama Tennessee or or Kentucky unless you know uh, we you know we make that championship and I think they're going to beat each other up and be tired I think if Auburn can take care of business and do the things you know we need to do I think we're 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 set but We've kind of done that all all year. I'm curious if we're going to go three, or or, or what the lineup's going to be. If we're going to go the you know the small three and and, and go from there and see. Yeah. Uh, the, you know the teams that scare me that Auburn can face anybody that uh, it's anybody that has a, a solid big man that can challenge uh, Kessler in the middle because I mean that's kind of been Auburn's bread and butter. I mean anytime they're forced to have to shoot from outside. It's usually not a good recipe. You saw that against Florida. That's why I, mean, I know a lot of Auburn fans want, want to get Florida again to try to get some redemption. But I mean, their big man matches up good against Kessler. And, you know, I try to look across the board and just seeing where those matchups are. I mean, anybody like, like a uh, 
you know, when you get into the uh, NCAA tournament, I look at a, a team like Illinois. You know, I don't know how well Auburn matches against Illinois because of uh, Kofi in the middle. Uh, that's it. That's a guy that would give Kessler just fits, I think. But we'll just have to see how, how it all pans out. When we had Kyle Davis and Marquise Daniels back in the day, if you remember, you know, we faced a Tennessee team in the SEC tournament that, that it was back and forth. They were chippy. You know, there were fights in the middle of the season. Wow. And we got that redemption, and that kind of spring-loaded us. Like, that gave us the motivation, you know, and it, being a student, that was a great three weeks to spend, you know, the SEC tournament in New Orleans and then go down to Tampa for – week one and uh, you know we make the sweet 16 and the next week i'm in albany new york you know that's three weekends in a row as a student in auburn you know that was right that was a great time so uh i do think if we get a little bit of that revenge game that that may be what we need to, to face some of these guys and 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 exactly what we need going in the tournament but you just you got to take care of game the first game first Absolutely. Hey, you were talking about brackets earlier. I think Auburn's a one seed. I think the SEC is, if not the best conference in college basketball, it's the second best. And you won the thing. So I, I think that alone uh, will get you to uh, will get you to a one to the one line. But I don't know. You know that the whole thing's very weird. And you know, I, I think Bruce Pearl is very good at calling plays. Uh, he has had a lot of success, especially on out of bounds stuff. But you're, towards the end of games is really where I want to see that improve. Bruce knows what he's doing. Bruce knows more about basketball than any of us talking right now. So I, I trust what he does. But there are times where you're right. The, the the play at the end of games does not match up to the play when Auburn is at its best. And that does have to change going forward. And you have to wonder how much of that is on play calling, how much of it is on execution. I don't know the answer. I don't know enough about basketball. I would like to think it is probably more on execution than Coach Bruce Pearl because I, I just feel like he knows what he's doing by now. He wouldn't have gotten this far if he didn't know what he was doing. Uh, and, and you're right. Finding, I think, I think Auburn can beat Michigan State. I have not watched Michigan State play a lot this year, but what I have seen, uh, I think Auburn can beat those guys. I think they can out-execute a team like Michigan State. But you're right, a, a team with, with great defense or especially a really solid big on the inside, like Tom mentioned, uh, could definitely give Auburn fits. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to see exactly what lineups you know we're looking at and and exactly what we're going to do if we're going to go small or, or how we're going to kind of challenge right. some of these. And, I mean, you go back to the last run, the very first game, I mean, we were they, – they make the last shot and we're out of it. We don't even mm-hmm. make it, you know, and you never know what's going to happen. So, curious to see how things go. All right, guys, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Michael. Right. That was Michael from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, tiger 9 That's how to get in touch with us on the Auburn Bank phone line. You know, he, he talked about the uh, that three-guard, two-big line. I've seen it called the full house lineup because you got three smalls, two bigs, three of a kind, two of a kind. I like, the, I like calling it that. Um, Bruce Pearl has said that was less something they had practiced and more of like spur-of-the-moment desperation because uh, Devin Cambridge and Alan Flanagan, neither of them was playing very well at the time, so they went three guards instead of having a, a true three out there. So I don't know. I, I think Auburn will do that more going forward, but I think more of what we see is likely you get Chris Moore five or six minutes a game for some of that dirty work because he does not have the offensive expectation like Devin Cambridge and Alan Flanagan have for themselves. So he's just going to go out there and rebound and play defense. So I think you'll see more of that than the, the three-guard lineup. But you never know that three-guard lineup – worked pretty well. 
going to be interesting to see how the Tigers trot out there on Friday against whoever they face, either Texas A&M or Florida, and how it goes throughout the rest of the tournament. Bracketology is your best and worst friend this time of year, trying to see where the Auburn Tigers could land once we hit the heart of March Madness. Coming up after this break, we're heading back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Keith from Auburn is waiting on the phone. We'll get to you in just a second. You're listening to Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. on a Monday moving along. We've got a little bit of time left. I'm Brooks Childress joined by Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, JJ Jackson disappeared and is, I guess, handling company business. Who knows? Maybe we'll talk to him later in the show. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Maybe he'll come back to us, the lost lost boy. 334-887-341 locally, toll free, one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on the phone, the Auburn Bank phone line as we roll through a Monday show. Bracketology, as I said on the other side of things, your best and worst friend this time of year because you can stress out you can you know you can praise it no matter which way it's going right now the latest bracketology from joe lenardi of espn about 40 50 minutes ago was published he's got auburn as a two seed in the midwest region playing their opening round of games in greenville south carolina against colgate and then they would match up against the winner of marquette miami and then on the other side of things, if they made it to the, the Sweet 16, they'd, either, they'd face St. Mary's, Loyola Chicago, Purdue, or Montana State, which I think right now is a very fav- favorable matchup for the Auburn Tigers. I don't know if it's the spot where you want them to be on the line, but I, I think that it would be very, very favorable yeah. for the Tigers if they were put there. As I said, going back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401 locally, toll free one 888 9 who has called in right now, Zeus? Keith from Auburn. Keith joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Keith, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing great, guys. Hey, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to my hometown. Coleman High School won the 5A Boys State Championship. It was their first ever. Heck yeah. So uh, congratulations to Coleman. I had a good friend and a teammate that was the head coach at Coleman up till this past year. And uh, he stepped down and... Uh, the new coach came in there. I think his name's Stu something. He, I think he was assisted in Mountain Brook, Vestavia Hills, and all. But a great win for Coleman. Uh, I'd like to say that uh, the, the past coach, Bobby Meyer, played a big plus in that. I mean, they were very successful under Bobby. Just never won a state championship. He carried uh, he carried Vinemont to the Final Four twice, I think, from Coleman County uh, when he was the head coach at Vinemont. So, I'm I'm proud for Coleman. Okay, I, I'll just leave it at that. I, I wanted to move on real quick, um, and I, I think it might have been called for last. Is it Matt from Auburn. Yeah, I, I found that kind of interesting. Because don't get me wrong, I understand why Auburn uh, fans would bash Anthony. Okay, and I'm an Alabama fan, and we all know that. Uh, but I try to keep it pretty neutral 
Uh, but it was funny to me that Matt, uh, you know, took a shot at Alabama saying they're, they're playing Wednesday or, or whenever and, you know, um, we'll get the winner of Arkansas in a play-in game and we'll cruise to the finals. And then uh, luckily we don't have to play Kentucky, Tennessee, or Alabama to the SEC championship game. So he must be concerned a little bit with Alabama if he threw Alabama in the same pretty, breath. With pretty sure he said Arkansas, Keith. Or no, he, meant no, he said Alabama. Did he? He said okay. Alabama. No, yeah, he did say Alabama. Yeah. Arkansas is on the bracket with, with uh, Auburn, which he – suggested that they would cruise through that to the SEC championship game. And uh, and they probably will. I mean, I'm not uh, – Auburn's the best team in the SEC. I, I, I still say that. I think Kentucky's the second best. I think Tennessee's the third best. You know, you're splitting hairs when you talk about Tennessee and Arkansas. Um, Alabama's a different story. They're, you know, they're one of these teams that if uh, if they shoot the ball well, they ain't beat anybody in the country. And they've proven, proven that this year. But they can also lose to the worst teams in the country. So, uh, you know, I, I I don't look for Alabama to do much in the SEC tournament. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, it probably would be a struggle for them against Vanderbilt. Uh, I, I think Bandy beats Georgia to get to that whatever round that is. Uh, you know, I don't don't follow it that close. But uh, uh, they'll have to, you know, find ways to keep Scotty Pippen off the line, uh, the free throw line. That's uh, tough. To win that ball game. You know, and then depend the three with him. But but anyway, yeah, so Matt, if you're listening, uh, I appreciate you throwing Alabama in the same bracket with uh, Kentucky and uh, Tennessee on that. So um, I think Alabama's beaten one of those two. I think they beat Tennessee. I may be wrong. I don't think. Uh, but I think they lost. I'll, I'll I'll go with this, uh, and I know, you know, Alabama's not been the top of the team or the top of the conference like they were last year. But I think that when you – and I don't, you know, I know if you're Auburn, you may want to play Alabama. But also, on the other hand, I'm going to go with the approach that you had, uh, that, that folks had can, could have taken away from this past weekend when you look at that Duke-North Carolina game. North Carolina is yeah. a good team, but they've not, they're not a North Carolina team like we've seen them. They've just finally got ranked this week after beating Duke. Duke was yeah. a heavy favorite in that game. But that is a a rival, and we've seen Alabama knock knock Auburn out of the SEC tournament before. Very recently, too. I don't remember. Was it two or three years ago? It was. Uh, I believe it was the the first time they won the SEC regular season tournament. But or regular season championship. But Alabama met up with Auburn in that in the conference tournament, and they knocked them out. And so I think if you're Auburn, I think that that's one thing. And I know not a lot of Auburn fans are going to want to admit this, but I I don't think you'd want to run into Alabama because you're on a neutral you're in a neutral court. You're not in Auburn Arena. I know Auburn beat Alabama in in Coleman Coliseum earlier this year, right. but it was it was a it was a dogfight. And then you're also going up against your rival that they look up there and they say, "Hey, they're the best team in the conference, and they want they want to you know win a, win a title here. We can knock them yeah. out." I, I think that I think you've got a good point, uh, Keith. Uh, that you know you do Matt. You know may have. It may have been jokingly putting Alabama in there again uh, with Tennessee and Kentucky, but I think that could be a real concern if you had to go down uh, and and play Alabama later in the tournament. I think that yeah. I don't think they'd meet them until the championship game. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they're on opposite sides of the I really hadn't looked at it. Um, to, to be honest with you, uh, I know one thing. You know, from past experience coaching basketball and watching a lot of basketball, that's my first love, and, and I, I've coached on a high school level. To beat a team three times in yep. a season, 
it's difficult. Now, really, really hard. Absolutely, they are the better team. But Alabama has beaten Gonzaga. They've beaten Baylor. That's two of the number one seeds that's probably going to be an NCAA tournament. And they beat Houston, um, who was a Final Four team last year. Houston was the Final Four team last year. So they're dangerous. But they got to play well to get to a position where they can be dangerous. And, you know, they, they just don't play well against the – I think they play down to the competition. They may not. I, 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 you know, Bama's one of those teams, they're, they're Jekyll and Hyde. If they shoot the ball well, they beat anybody. And I'll leave that at that. And I'm going to end with this right here, guys. Uh, I can't say this enough. It tickled me to death that Coach K uh, in, in North Carolina just beat the crap out of him at his last home ball game. And uh, I, I've never been a Coach K fan. I had an opportunity to meet him, and he was a uh, – I'm not even going to use the word uh, what I would call him. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't care for the man, okay? Uh, I mean, now, when I say that, I don't care for his team, and I don't care for – for him and, and, and how he treated me, and that's all personal, but that's fine. I get that. Uh, you know, if Coach K wants to go out there and beg to be in a, a certain region and they were to give it to him, they might as well just crown him national champions and not play NCAA tournament because he's uh, retiring. You know, that's just the way I look at it. I just – there's something there with me and Coach K I don't care nothing about with him. Sure. And uh, – you know, and I'm not down in Duke University. I'm not down in the success that he's had. That's just my opinion. And everybody, you know, has their own opinion about certain things. And, you know, I don't want to break J.J.'s heart. Uh, I know he's a big Duke fan. And, uh, you know, I would never want anything to happen to Coach K. You know, uh, he's, he's a great coach. I'm not arguing that fact, you know. Uh, but I just enjoyed the fact that uh, North Carolina beat him and, and beat him pretty convincingly uh, Saturday and uh, but anyway, I, I do want to congratulate Auburn uh, for winning the SEC regular season championship. That, that takes a lot of hard work to do that. And Coach Pearl and his staff have done an outstanding job. And those kids went out there every night, day in and day out, and played their rear ends off. And I commend them for that. And, uh, you know, they've got a bright future going into the NCAA tournament. Uh, me personally, I'd have them as a one seed, but uh, and that might change with Joe Lenardi if they were to, you know, to win the SEC tournament. I, yeah. I don't how you, I don't know how you don't put them number one, uh, especially if you won the SEC regular season championship and you win the SEC tournament championship. Because to me, between the SEC and what is it, the Big Ten or what's Purdue and Indiana and all them in the Big Ten? Big Ten. Those are the top two leagues, and if you go back to the SEC Big Ten Challenge, the SEC won that this year. So, uh, you know, head-to-head with whatever, how many games they played. But, uh, you know, the SEC has come a long way in the past five years, and I give a lot of credit to uh, the SEC commissioner. And just look at, I mean, here's the thing, guys, and, and, and I'll hang up unless you come in. Just look at the caliber of coaches the SEC has in basketball now. And, uh, guys, I'll, I'll hang up and, and, and listen to your comments, and y'all have a great, great evening, okay?
Thank you so much for that call, Keith. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 9 tiger 9 As we go to our final break of the show, wrapping up the show after this, I listen, I'll, I'll come to Coach K's defense here. I, I, I don't know what happened between Keith and Coach K, but Coach K did, has done a lot, and JJ has told, told us this many, many times. I think he said it on air before, that Coach K has done a lot for a lot of people, some really good things. It was it was a little funny that North Carolina was the team that beat him on the last day, his last game, but that I I don't, I don't know if there's been another there there's another coach that's a, a class act like yeah. Coach K. Coach K is a really really good coach, and Keith Keith said he didn't want to take that away from him. really really good coach, but he's done a lot of really good things for him yeah. for a lot of people. Quick breaking news: uh, Auburn's baseball game has been. Uh, postponed on Tuesday and it will now take place on Wednesday. We'll be back. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Final segment here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Just two minutes left in the program, so we've got to get to our nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola and get off the air here. Really good show, a lot of good phone calls. I just slid back into the studio. Uh, I need Zeus to say company business so we could hit that uh, button right now company as to uh, why I disappeared for a little bit. Thank you, company Zeus. Company business. Thank you, Zeus. That's where I was uh, off. Can I go three for three? Company business. Thank you, Zeus. That was awesome. Wow, you guys did a great job with that. We might not need to... Uh, Holler at our boy Zeus a, anymore. I no, we need, voice to, no, we need we, to hear from Zeus. We, yeah, yeah. No, Zeus, he, Zeus, Zeus is different. Zeus we love Zeus. Zeus is different. We love that guy. Um, we've got some super exciting new sponsors and that sort of thing that's uh, been able to kind of finalize over the last little bit. Did slide back into the studio at the very end of Keith's phone call. And Brooks, as you alluded to, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, my guy. I love that dude. And uh, I'm for sure going to have to hit up Keith privately because I have got to hear about this interaction that he had with Coach K because I had the exact opposite experience. My years uh, going through my Hodgkin's lymphoma and cancer diagnosis two different times and Make-A-Wish Foundation allowing me to meet Mike Krzyzewski for the first time. And it wasn't just a, hey, I'm Coach K and I need to do this for a sick part. Like, over and over the top and checked in with me and my family all the time and, yeah, could not say more nicer things about Coach K. I was absolutely heartbroken and devastated on Saturday night when all of that took place. But it is college basketball. It is the greatest rivalry in the history of college basketball, and you see great games being played between both of those teams every single time. There have been Duke teams going up against Dean Smith and his juggernauts that had no business beating North Carolina. And guess what? They did. The schools are eight miles apart, and uh, things like that happen from time to time. So wild, wild, wild. All right, let's do a TV guide. How about that? 
Let's Our do it. show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. You know it's a big day when the five things we list on the Nightly TV Guide that you can find on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Sports Call AU, features two movie picks. Not one, but two. Brooks, what are the five things we highlighted today? Uh, starting at 6 o'clock, your movie picks on Paramount Network. It is The Longest Yard, starring Adam Sandler. It's the remake, right? They I've did a Longest it. Yard yes. with Burt Reynolds. With Burt Reynolds mm-hmm. But he's in the second one, he too. Is. Right. I've never seen either movie all the way through. Wow. Uh, the, I, I've, I've only seen, seen the first one. I've seen the first one once. It's pretty good. I love the second one. What do you got else, Brooks? Second movie, 6.30 on FXM. It's what do you got else, Brooks? What else do you got, What do you got Brooks? else, Brooks? <laughs> Independence Day Resurgence, the sequel to the 1990s hit Independence Day. Okay, Day haven't seen that, but it seems like a good one. Eh, it's fine. Is Will Smith in this one? Nope. Ah, well, That's ne- why it's fine. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> that is why it is fine. I saw it in theaters. If you want to watch Aliens fighting, it's fine. But it's it's nothing nothing compared to the first Independence Day. Monkeys riding dogs. Oh no! Wow, no you're, one listening understands that. <laughs> Nobody listening you're, you're sports, knows why why you just said that. I don't understand that reference either. I just think of Austin Scott and Ryan and all you guys in the oh. office. And we explained uh, we, like the day that Austin brought that up, we explained what it was from and, and we I showed you the commercial. We th- did. That's right. It was a commercial. Yeah. Okay. It was a commercial for the Alabama State Fair, right? Okay. Okay, gotcha. Six o'clock on ESPNU. It's the Press Horizon your friends League. by knowing how to milk something. <laughs> <laughs> the Horizon we, we League semifinals. Wright State takes on Cleveland State. And then two championships. Two teams will punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament tonight. Six Yay. o'clock on ESPN. Furman takes on Chattanooga in the SoCon Championship. From Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, right. Squeal like a pig, boy. <laughs> That's Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> And then one more title game of the Sun Belt, Brooks. That's right. Six o'clock ESPN two live from Pensacola, Florida. It's the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Not my on hometown. The Georgia State Panthers. Tom, give me one streaming pick or a show that you've been watching lately that you absolutely love. Tom doesn't watch TV. I, I, I really BattleBots, man. BattleBots. But that's it. That new episode comes on Thursday, so we're. If you want to go on like a Discovery Plus, yes. Uh, hey, Discovery Plus has a lot of cool stuff that you can't get on regular. You like Discovery. all like your ghost shows and stuff. I, I, I like that, but I, I Dirty Jobs, Micro has uh, whole new episodes what of Dirty Jobs. Wow. Is that like we go into a bathroom You're and clean lying. bathrooms? Yeah. You're lying. That's what it is. You have never You're seen lying. No, seriously, what is Dirty, Dirty jobs? jobs? You've never seen Dirty Jobs? Okay. Ten I'll... second rundown. Uh, Mike, Mike Rowe goes to a bunch of blue collar people and like does whatever job with them. That seems like a cool idea. Like it is. cleaning sewers. Could I yeah. be over the top obsessed with that, Brooks? Probably. Because I get, yeah. I and get addicted. There's like things. 20 years of show there. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Micro is incredible. incredible. Micro right. is very yeah. good. I'm gonna check it out. That does it for today's show. Thank you to Justin Hokinson and Kevin Ives for joining us on the program. We will see you soon. For Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.